high will the rookies be picked tonight? What round will the tight end run begin? And which of these two leagues truly sets the FFPC ADP? Join us tonight for two solid hours of live pick-by-pick draft coverage of the first FFPC 150 Classic Leagues of the season, the Genesis and Revelations Leagues. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Falkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. I can't stand the pressure. I've seen greater men than me. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com, with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here's Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, of course, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott. Farrell, I'm going to welcome you aboard right now, and uh, and just the draft is behind us. We have some actual real fantasy football um, drafts to be talking about now. I know you've had experience covering live uh, pick-by-pick coverage here with the FFPC before, but this is exciting because not only do we get the rookies, Farrell, but we get the actual veterans and seeing where everything is going to go, setting everything up for the Football Guys Players Championship, the Kentucky Fantasy Football uh, Championship main event, checkered flag, and, of course, the FFPC main event. It's going to be awesome tonight, man. It is, Bucky. And I've had people call me from around the country, both the FFPC players and KFFSC players, and told me how much they enjoy this tonight. This is where they sit their draft boards and, and very much where their year starts. And, and so this is a big deal that we're stepping into, or that at least I'm stepping into. How many years have you guys been doing this and broadcasting this show? It's It's been qu- quite a few. I mean, well, this is the 10th season of the show. I feel like we didn't start doing live pick-by-pick coverage for the first year or two. So this is probably like uh-huh. year eight, year nine of doing it right around there. Um, and it's been a lot of fun, for sure. Uh, the players, I do want to, the players uh, love it, and what a, lineup, what a lineup you put together. Oh, yeah, this is tremendous. And this is all in the FFPC players, you know, not shying away from any of the competition. They want to bring it. Um, and go against the best, which they will be doing. Uh, coming up on tonight's show, once again, two hours. It's $150 classic drafts, the first ones of the season with the FFPC. We're going to cover the Genesis draft in the first hour. We're going to cover the Revelations draft in the second hour. And if you want to follow along with the draft boards, you can do so at our YouTube channel. It's youtube.com slash football. The streaming draft board is up right there. I want to give a shout-out to the chat room right now. It is packed in there, obviously, as it normally is for these episodes. Feel free to post any questions you might have in there if you want to connect with us on Twitter. The show is at HSFFR. I am at Eric Balkman. 
Farrell is at Jay Farrell Elliott. And remember to check out and win some serious cash at the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at KFFSC.com. You can post on our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash HSFFR. And if you want to chime in and give us a call, we're probably going to get some drafters tonight giving us a call to talk about their drafts. It's 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. You can also email the show at the inbox, highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. My best friend and audio engineer Bryce is actually commissioned tonight, so he has the night off from the show. However, our mutual friend and producer Rob uh, working very tirelessly hard on getting this broadcast out to you tonight. All right, um, just a couple of housekeeping notes before we get started. Um, Want to let everybody know Dynasty Startups are live again at the FFPC, myffpc.com. We have plenty of Dynasty Startups hopping off this weekend. And don't forget, the 2021 Football Guys Players Championship Early Bird is live. The drafts are already underway. $500,000 for first place, $100,000 for second, and you can get a free $35 FFPC credit when you sign up uh, right now under that early bird. Uh, the best ball drafts are open as low as $5 right now, too, so check out the Cinco de Best Ball at myffpc.com. The main event early bird for the FFPC is live. You can save $100 on your team before May 31st. The checkered flag competition is, of course, live at kffsc.com, as well as the draft masters there as well. Um, I want to get into uh, our lineup here for the Genesis coverage, the Genesis draft. The 2020 champ is Brad Kazima. He is drafting tonight, trying to defend the belt. Um, Give you the whole draft order right now, what we're looking at. John Terry, Sexy Sperms, a.k.a. not an effing 26er, is picking first tonight. Dan Priestner, Smoking Joe, is picking second. Our good buddy Hudson Kern-Reeve, the Truth Warrior Supreme, picking out of the three-hole. Darren Armani from FantasyMojo.com, who's obviously we always give him credit. Um, He does a lot of great work with the ADP data um, over at FantasyMojo.com. Give that website a subscription because it is well worth it if you're drafting the FFPC. Darren's drafting from the four spot tonight. Andrew Lund, Saquon, the 26er, in the five spot. Kulaga, aptly named by Jason Kulaga, who's drafting that squad out of the six spot. Bitcoin, (laughs) another great BitLab Mandel team name. Bitcoin drafting seventh in the spot tonight. Stuart Keen, another former guest of the show. LOB, the 26er, is out of the number eight hole. Matthew Flager, Banks 50 is the team name. He is drafting out of the ninth. The uh, first um, team where we have a, a, a partnership here, it's Brent Studebaker, Rafael De Fonseca, stud dynasty 26er out of the tenth. And then another one, Jake Felicia and Quint Ostermiller, spree meet the 26er out of the 11 hole. And of course, the defending champ, Brad Kazima, Kaz of the North, another 26er, drafting out of the 12 spot tonight. All right, we already have a full round in. Farrell, want to go through this here. It is very uh, heavily running back and actually tight end dominated. A little bit of a surprise at the first receiver off the board. Maybe not. We'll get into it. Uh, John Terry kicks things off tonight with Christian McCaffrey at the first spot. Dan Priestner takes Dalvin Cook at the two. Jonathan Taylor is your selection by Hudson Kern-Reeve at the three. Tight end uh, position is cracked at number four by Darren Armani. I know if you talk to Darren, he will tell you the advantage of having an elite tight end in these leagues has been pretty important. So take that for what it's worth as Armani takes Travis Kelsey at the four spot. Saquon Barkley is going to go to Saquon, of course. Andrew Lund takes him at the five hole. Alvin Kamara, uh, the fantasy MVP for many people last year. Uh, he goes in the uh, at the 106 tonight to Andrew. I uh, beg pardon, Jason Kulaga takes him at the six. Uh, Derrick Henry is going to be the sixth running back taken. 
by Biplab Mandel here tonight in the first round. And then Stuart Keen follows it up with Cam Akers out of Florida State, or uh, beg your pardon, out of uh, the Los Angeles Rams via Florida State. He is going to be the 108 selection, the seventh running back in the first eight picks tonight by Stuart Keen. George Kittle, the second tight end chosen by Matthew Flagger at the 109, followed by Ezekiel Elliott to the tandem of Studebaker and Dayoff and Seca uh, at the 110. The first receiver and the only receiver going off the board in the first round is indeed Tyreek Hill to Valicia and Oster Miller and then Darren Waller, the third tight end off the board in the first round to Kaz in the North. That's Brad Kazima, and that completes your first round of the Genesis draft tonight. Farrell, I think the thing that stands out to me, when's the last time, even in an FFPC draft, have you seen three tight ends selected in the first round of the draft? Uh, I think it's fantastic, and I think we're going to see it more often. And it will be interesting to see who, if, if either of those teams were to come back and take the number four tight end bulky, which I say tonight will be uh, will be Mr. Pitts. And I wonder if any of these three teams will double up uh, on mm. tight end uh, in, in the third round. I uh, Congratulations to um, the number 10 team, uh, Studebaker and Alfonseca. I believe is how you pronounce that. Ezekiel Elliott, I think, is a tremendous pick there. I've I've been uh, I've been catching as much news as I can from Dallas, and it all seems to be very very positive about the physicality of him. And you know, Biff Lab uh, is one of our most wonderful friends. And you know, if if you're going to be beaten in this kind of event, you might as well be beaten by a friend. His first round uh, running back selection. Fantastic, and I'll wait for you to reveal his second-round selection, but I think he's off to a great start. You know, and, and we will get to the second round shortly as it is just wrapping up. The one other thing I want to bring up in the first round, Farrell, for, for most of the spring in the FFPC, we have seen Devontae Adams go off as the, uh, the top receiver off the board, obviously with the Aaron Rodgers stuff, which is crazy to think that, you know, this is the first podcast right. we've done in like nine days, but all this stuff happened you know, after we were last on the air with the Aaron Rodgers mess. And I got to believe that it, it, it obviously played a part here in Tyree Kill going at the 111, the only receiver drafted in the first 18 picks tonight, which is crazy. Farrell, is that something that you would do too if you're looking to grab the first receiver off the board? Is it Hill over Adams for you at this point with the uncertainty of the Green Bay Packer quarterback uh, situation? It, at this point it is. And if, he, if it doesn't correct itself, uh, in, in Green Bay, and Adams will continue to continue to slide, and we'll see guys uh, moving up the boards like uh, Diggs, Jefferson, and Brown. But you know, uh, I, I was in this situation, and I took Tyreek Hill. Uh, and, and if you go wide receiver in the first round, you've got to you've got to look at that mix of what your running backs are going to be. And um, I think the I think the drop off as we get towards the end of that third round is significant for our team out of the eleventh hole. So it'll be interesting to see what he comes back with, because I'm sure he'll go running back, running back in second and third round. Well, let's get to the second round here too, as Kazima follows up his Waller pick with Joe Mixon at the two hundred one. This starts a running back run, Farrell, of seven straight rushers. DeAndre mm-hmm. Swift. The 202 tonight to Valish and Ostermiller. Nick Chubb to Studebaker and Dale Fonseca at the 203 to pair with Ezekiel Elliott. Aaron Jones 
going to Matthew Flagger here at the 204 as his number one running back. And then the next three teams all have started off running back, running back. Stuart Keen went Cam Akers in the first round. He gets Austin Eckler in the second. Bip Lab Mandel goes Derrick Henry in the first round. He gets Najee Harris in the second, the first rookie mm. off the board tonight that we've seen. Um, and then, um, uh, of course, Jason Kalaga goes with Alvin Kamara in the first round. He gets Antonio Gibson in the second. That means the first seven picks of the second round were all running backs. Moving on, um, uh, Andrew Lund at the uh, 208 takes Devontae Adams as the second receiver off the board. Now, just to bring that into perspective here tonight, for what we've seen in this draft, that is a total of 15 running backs off the board (laughs) before the second wide receiver is taken. Certainly kind of unprecedented, at least as long as I've been doing this. I I don't know if I've ever seen anything like that. But Devontae Adams goes to Andrew Lund. Um, Fantasy Mojo gets Stephon Diggs to pair with Travis Kelsey. Justin Jefferson to Hudson Kern Reeves. So he starts off with a pair of sophomores. He goes Jonathan Taylor in the first, Justin Jefferson in the second. Another team, the fifth team tonight to start off running back, running back, is indeed Dan Priester. He gets Clyde Edwards-Hilaire to go with Dalvin Cook. And round things up. In the second round, A.J. Brown, the final pick of the second round here tonight in Genesis. A.J. Brown going to John Terry to pair with Christian McCaffrey. I think the story of the second round here, Farrell, all these running backs going off the board. Now, knowing what you know and, and, and seeing what we're going to see as we get closer and closer and we go throughout the summer and we see all these running backs and receivers get drafted early, you think we're going to see more of this? you think we're going to see a ton of running backs go early or is this just a case of like look we're in early may you want to secure the touches we'll worry about receivers later you think that's the issue or is the running back officially back with all the rushers we've seen taken in the top 24 picks the latter Bucky. the running back is officially back and i think what's fascinating about this is Najee harris there's your movement by the time we get into august Najee harris will be uh, the first running back in the second round. And if you take a look at the guys after him, Mixon, Swift, Chubb, uh, Aaron Jones, and Austin Eckler, and I absolutely love Austin Eckler, but I don't know if I want any of those players uh, in front of him. And uh, when I could get Harris later, I was very, very happy about it, and anyone else who did should be. But uh, Harris, uh, with everything we're hearing and everything you see him doing uh, or, or watched him do in college, uh, we are going to expect that to translate to the to the NFL game. Henry and Harris, a great pick. I absolutely love what our number one team, John Terry's doing. You can't argue with McCaffrey. Uh, a lot of running backs off the board at the 24th pick. AJ Brown, and I think in this situation, he's as good as any of these receivers, Diggs, Jefferson, and Adams. And I, I congratulations on uh, on that pick, John Terry. Yeah, it's 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 been interesting as as we look at the uh, as we look at the first two rounds here. A ton of run, you know, and and with the FFPC, if you're not for for the uninitiated that are just joining the podcast tonight, you only have to start two running backs, two receivers. You get two flexes, one tight end as well. So it's not like you have to start all these running backs, but obviously that is where the emphasis has been tonight so far. We're going to get back to the third round here of pick-by-pick coverage live on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. But before we get to that, I do want to take a phone call. We're going to go out to the 803 caller. Who is this? You are live with Farrell and Balky here on the HSFF Hour. Balky, Farrell at Stud Dynasty. How are y'all? 
Well, we're doing good. It is good to hear from you. Drafting out of the 10 spot tonight, here is Brent Studebaker and, and of course, uh, his co-manager, Rafael Delfonseca, the stud dynasty, a member of the 26ers, a card-carrying member of the 26ers. You're out of the 10 spot tonight. First of all, you're on the clock right now in the fourth round. What are you thinking? Uh, it's totally not a 26er move, but I'm taking Patrick Mahomes here. I'm going for the points. The first quarterback off the board will go to Studebaker and Dale Fonseca at the 403 tonight, Patrick Mahomes. Now this is an interesting draft that, that you've got going here, Brent, because you get Ezekiel Elliott at the 110. Perfect. Nick Chubb at the 203. All right. Farrell Elliott was proven correctly. Kyle Pitts is indeed the fourth tight end off the board. And he is the number one tight end to you guys, Brent. And you get him at the 310. I know what a dynasty, significant dynasty player, what a fan of dynasty fantasy football you are. Um, when you got, when you and Raphael were talking about this, how much of Kyle Pitts was was he a target here for you in the third round, trying to get the untapped upside of the rookie here? Well, like y'all said, uh, in this concept, having a, a tight end is very important. Uh, Kittle went uh, 104 to Fantasy Mojo. I was actually going to go Kittle and Mahomes, but uh, once Kittle or uh, Kelsey went off the board, I said that I want to get Pitts in the third round uh, because of the tight end premium uh, for Atlanta. With all the rumors of Julio possibly being traded uh, after June 1st, uh, that's, that's a big guy I wanted to get on my team. Brent, if I could you ask ver- you what – go ahead, Farrell, go ahead. Well, yeah, you, you inverted Kittle and, and, and Kelsey there, but I know exactly what you meant. Kelsey first, Kittle second. And I would, you know, if I had been in the uh, number nine position, you would have never seen Pitts. Because if I'm going to come in with one tight end in this situation, I might as well come in with two. And it was um, an interesting pick to me uh, uh, that, the, that uh, Matthew at the number nine spot – uh, it didn't grab Pitts, but nevertheless, congratulations. I like the way your team's working out very much. Thank you. Brett, um, just curiously, um, when, you, when you look at Nick Chubb, the, the 203, and I know there's been, um, you know, some beat writer rumblings and some stuff on, on social media about Kareem Hunt potentially being less involved this year. Uh, did that play into the selection of Chubb at all, the fact that, that you think maybe – you know, Chubb really will be the bell cow there, and Hunt will be closer to a, a more traditional backup. What's your feeling on, on what Chubb does here in, in 2021? Well, the the thing with Nick Chubb is Cleveland has probably the best uh, offensive line in the league. Uh, they only trust Baker so much. They're only going to let him. That whole offense runs through uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, but Nick Chubb is the bell cow for that for that team, and he's just going to keep getting all the work. Uh, if, if he can get me uh, 65%, 70% of the carries, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to really matter what Kareem Hunt does. Talking with Brent Studebaker here, the pick 10, the Stud Dynasty 26er uh, spot tonight, Elliot Chubb, Pitts, Mahomes. You know, you look at uh, Kyle Pitts, uh, obviously I think anybody who selects him as high as you do, you expect big-time production year one. What are you looking at catches, yards, touchdowns-wise uh, for, for Kyle Pitts here, Brent, in, in 2021? Um, for Pitts, I think Pitts in that offense, if they trade Julio, 
He's going to go over 1,000 yards, and he's probably going to have 10 touchdowns. Um, going into Pitt's uh, Saquon, Andy, uh, who is a 26er, he actually took Kyle Pitts 101 in our 26 uh, 2.0 draft. So uh, 26 are set the AP, ADP, so keep that in mind tomorrow when you're doing your rookie drafts. <laughs> is Brett, is that where you would take him to in a dynasty, would, would you, in a rookie draft? Is in, in the FFPC, is Kyle Pitts your 101 um, in a vacuum? Team needs, uh, I would probably go Harris, but with how Pittsburgh's uh, offensive line is so down, I'll take Kyle Pitts every day and log out. And I, I wouldn't think twice about it. Brent, I know it's, yeah, a, it's a big night for you. It is going to be an even bigger weekend with all of your rookie drafts you have going up. Uh, good luck to you and Raphael the rest of the night here in the Genesis draft. Thanks so much for, for touching base. We'll talk to you again real soon, dude. Thank you all. Y'all have a good night. Brent Studebaker, ladies and gentlemen, chiming in the 110 stud dynasty uh, selection uh, was Ezekiel Elliott. He followed up with Nick Chubb, Kyle Pitts and then Patrick Mahomes in the fourth. That is Brent Studebaker and Raphael Delph and Seika's team um, drafting tonight. Uh, a lot of rookie drafts for him tomorrow, too. Maybe he's got Kyle Pitts on the brain. Um, maybe it's the right choice. Could be. Uh, you're, you're hearing from, from only the best here tonight on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Let's get back into the third round. When we last left you, A.J. Brown was the final selection of the second round to John Terry. He follows it up with DeAndre Hopkins at the 301. Michael Thomas goes to Dan Priestner, and then DK Metcalf to Hudson Kern Reeve. We get a little mini running back run here. Miles Sanders goes at the 304 to Darren Armani. J.K. Dobbins, the starting running back for the Baltimore Ravens, at the five spot, the 305 to Andrew Lund. And then you have David Montgomery to Jason Kulaga here. He starts off, he's the only team in this draft or in this league to start off running back, running back, running back. Kamara, Gibson, and then Montgomery at the 306. We see Calvin Ridley go off the board to Biplab Mandelis, his number uh, one receiver. And then Keenan Allen to Stuart Keen right after that, followed by Terry McLaurin to Matthew Flager at the 309. We already heard the Kyle Pitts selection from Studebaker at the 310. Um, then it was Allen Robinson, the penultimate pick of the third round. Allen Robinson goes to Jake Belich and Clint Ostermiller. And then Chris Carson, the number two running back to pair with Joe Mixon for Brad Kazima here at the end of the third round. Farrell, did you have a, a favorite pick of the third round here? Because now we're seeing a lot more receivers get selected uh, here in the third round, se- uh, seven of them to be exact in the third round, along with the rookie Kyle Pitts. Do you have a favorite selection here in the third round by any of these teams? Um, the, the team number two, Dan's team. I, I was very pleased to see that he could get uh, uh, Michael Thomas as his number one receiver in the third round. That's something that you would have never imagined last year. I think the players in this round lined up very well. As I said, Pitts would have never got. When it came down, to team number nine took McLaurin, a very, very good ball player. But I love the receivers that he could have got on the other side in the fourth round, and and possibly some of the running backs. So Pitts would have uh, Pitts would have gone earlier in this round uh, uh, for me. Uh, but uh, that being said. Uh, this round pretty much sticks to the chalk, I suppose, Balky. That's how I would characterize it. And I do uh, – I, I am impressed with the stacking of uh, Eckler and uh, Allen. That would be team number eight, I believe. Is that uh, – Yep, uh, is that's that Stewart? Yep. 
Yep, exactly. Another one of those famous twenty sixers. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, so that's, Gen- uh, Genesis uh, it's chock full of twenty sixers, and it has been uh, that way that that way for a while. But yeah, Eckler and Keenan Allen—that's a lot of targets there, Farrell, in, in Los Angeles. I'm still waiting to see what he'll do at quarterback, and if he makes the move, if he makes the move with uh, with Herbert, I, I will uh, I will give this guy a heads up in this draft because I really would like. Uh, I really would like that team's chances. So uh, good job there. Those 26 are making it happen. That's Stewart, right? Yes, exactly. Um, Farrell, you, why, why are you high on the Chargers this year? Um, just just kind of curiously. Well, with, with Ron Meyer, two-packer, told me I had to be. And then um, I, I like everything they did. And then they came out of the draft and they took the offensive lineman Slater out of Northwestern, this started going in the right direction. And then, if you recall, Balky, in a conversation you and I had, I was very, very high on uh, uh, the, the Tennessee wide receiver. Uh, Josh Palmer. Oh, uh, yes, Palmer. And Palmer was um, – uh, we, we were discussing Terrence Marshall, and Marshall went in, in these fantasy drafts continues to go uh, ahead ahead of Josh, but Palmer, I think, is is a very, very good ad for this team. I think they just got everything right in the draft, and I love the quarterback. I I was talking with a, a fellow agent this week that was telling me that the veteran quarterbacks that all go work out around Herbert, they, they all don't want to be on the field. A lot of the veteran players say, you know, not necessarily want to work out with him because he pushes everybody and goes too hard. They refer to him as war admiral. And these are guys that are 10 and 15 years his senior. So, so you know, he's building quite a reputation for himself amongst everyone in the league. And I think he's building a reputation for fantasy ballers as well. Let's get into the fourth round here, Farrell, as, as it is now complete in the Genesis draft. DJ Moore was the first selection off the board to Brad Kazima. That's his number one receiver, DJ Moore, at the 401, followed by Josh Jacobs to Belish and Ostermiller at the 402. You heard the live pick on the air of Patrick Mahomes to Studebaker and Dolphin Seca at the 403 tonight. Miles Gaskin, the number two running back uh, to Banks 50. That is the team owned by Matthew Flagger. It's interesting. Miles Gaskin and Aaron Jones maybe could have been at one point in the offseason the number one and number two running backs in the Miami Dolphins. As it stands, Jones is with Green Bay. Gaskin with the Dolphins both have starting jobs. A couple of tight ends off the board. The only two tight ends that go off the board here in the fourth round. Mark Andrews, tight end five. He goes to Stuart Keen at the 405 tonight, the 406. TJ Hawkinson, number one tight end for Bip Lab Mandel. Julio Jones, yeah, he's still bumping around. He goes in the fourth round tonight, um, uh, almost a full round after Calvin Ridley. Julio Jones off the board at the 407. And then we get a trio of interesting running backs. Travis ATM, the first-round draft pick of the Jacksonville Jaguars, goes to Andrew Lund as his number three running back. Mike Davis, ostensibly the starting running back in Atlanta. My apologies to the Dizzle for my poor advice on, uh, on a best ball draft that, that he was in a, a while back. Um, Mike Davis goes to Fantasy Mojo. That's Darren Armani as his number two running back. Chase Edmonds off the board after that as the final running back selected in the fourth round. He is Kern Reeves' number two running back behind Jonathan Taylor, and then a couple of Dallas Cowboy receivers here. Amari Cooper at the 411 to Dan Priester. C.D. Lamb is the third receiver selected by John Terry, and the final pick 
of the fourth round tonight. So, fair a lot, 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 lot to unpack in this round. I'll try to get into this uh, as best I can, starting with the Miles Gaskin pick at uh, 404 to Matthew Flager. So, I think I, I was guilty of this. I just assumed the Dolphins had signed somebody or draft somebody. They did neither. Gaskin is ostensibly the starter there. Your thoughts on how good he can be this season, or do you think it is going to end up being more of a committee there, obviously with Malcolm Brown still bumping around in Miami as well? No committee in Miami. Miles Gaskin is the guy. And if you go back and look at the games he played, you know, he missed some time due to COVID. He was banged up some other games. This guy had a very, very successful season, both as a rusher and catching the ball. He caught almost everything that was thrown to him. This is a very good player. This is a sending player. And Miami has has shown us uh, what they're going to do. They're going to count on this player. And there's a lot of touches here. I'm a little surprised to see him in the fourth round. Uh, based on how many running backs are coming off the board, you've got to take what's left. And, uh, you know, he may continue to move up, at least on the list of these running backs, as we get closer into the uh, in the season. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, as we talked about uh, with the caller, is his uh, first quarterback off the board. And I don't know if he had to take him there, but he did, so he's going to live with him. Uh, Josh Jacobs, uh, is that's about where he's going, and I think that'll prove to be a terrific value. If you can get Josh Jacobs early in the fourth round, you're going to be very, very happy about it. Uh, Balky, I was shocked to see. What about you? I was shocked to see those two wide receivers from Dallas last to the very end of the fourth round. You, you know, and that's interesting that you bring that up, Farrell, because I think we're all, I think many fantasy owners are, are buckling up for a big Dallas um, season this year, right? Because we saw – in, you know, albeit small sample size, limited action until Dak Prescott went down last year. But everybody was awesome. Elliott was pretty good. Prescott was fantastic. Jarwin was looking good. You had um, the three receivers, you know, in, in Dallas all looking good. Obviously, CeeDee Lamb having a pretty good rookie season until Prescott went down. Amari Cooper, we know what, what he's capable of. And I wonder, Farrell, and, and, and feel free to weigh in on this, is it because there are so many options there? That, that people are looking for the big boom picks, um, you know, as we get to the fourth and fifth rounds and they see those guys in Dallas as, well, you know, they're, they're going to have to, if they're going to boom, you know, one, maybe two players are going to have to get hurt for this, for this to make it worthwhile. And I can go with somebody else uh, who I know is going to be a number one receiver, um, you know, like, like a DJ Moore or, or, or anybody like that. So I wonder if that's why they slept. I don't know. I'm thinking out loud. There's a lot of there's a lot of balls in the air there, Balky, and, and I think that Cooper and Lamb are going to find them, and I, no one should hesitate to uh, to think, especially with the tight end situation with this club. No one should hesitate to think that these two guys are not standout receivers. And you, the third receiver, Gallup, uh, 59 catches last year. I think he's a little overlooked and a little draft drafted a little high. If that if those two things could exist, he goes. I don't think he has universal appeal to drafters, but there's always that one guy that focuses on on the Cowboys or maybe drafts one of these two guys and then goes and gets Gallup early. I think Gallup stays around his his 50 to 60 catches a year. Explosive numbers with a healthy Dak Prescott for Cooper and Lamb. And it's interesting that they're interchangeable in the draft. I'll say this about Mike Davis. Um, Mike Davis – 
Yes, and now, now like we talked about Gaskin, I think Gaskin deserves the attention and the focus of that offense as a running back. Mike Davis, I am a big fan of. We talked about it on the show for a long time, but I still think Atlanta makes a move at that position, and, and quite honestly, Boggy, I just haven't seen it. He's an excellent pass catcher, got close to 60 last year, but he, you know, he, he, he doesn't quite put together enough to be the number one bell cow running back, and I think Atlanta will have to address that before the season starts. Mike Davis, I think, a little high here. Uh, I would have rather – and we're running out of running backs. I think the next couple of rounds might show that. But uh, I, I think I would have rather have had uh, Williams or uh, perhaps uh, James Robinson around later. We are going to be kicking off the seventh round here shortly um, in the FFPC Genesis draft. Once again – if you want to pop in and, and draft one of these teams yourself, go to myffpc.com. Plenty of $150 classics, or if you want to get into the Football Guys Players Championship, try to take your shot at $500,000 or the FFPC main event. Again, another half-million-dollar grand prize, all at myffpc.com. Don't forget about the checkered flag competition and the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship main event at kffsc.com. So you, you mentioned it here, Farrell, in the, and we'll go through round five here shortly. But rounds five and six combined, only three running backs off the board. Now, that could be um, because everybody con- concentrated on running backs so early. That could be because running backs are more valuable this year, too. We'll, we'll check out Revelations here coming up at the top of the hour and see what, what they did there. But getting into the fifth round of the Genesis draft, the first running back uh, or the first pick of the fifth round was indeed the rookie, Javante Williams, out of North Carolina. He is now a Denver Bronco. He is the second running back for John Terry at the 501. Chris Godwin, the number three receiver, drafted by Dan Priester here at the 502. And then we get a pair of quarterbacks, Josh Allen to Kern Reeve, Kyler Murray to Darren Armani, and then a massive, massive wide receiver run. Seven straight receivers go off in the fifth round. The first rookie receiver to go is the number two receiver for Saquon. That is Andrew Lund at the 505 tonight. He snares Jamar Chase. Then we get Mike Evans to Jason Kalaga. We have Robert Woods to Biplab Mandel. T. Higgins, the second Bengals receiver drafted this round. T. Higgins off the board, the 508 to Stuart Keene. Then you have Deontay Johnson, the first Pittsburgh Steelers receiver we've taken. There's a few to choose from there. In fact, we'll get a couple more coming up here in the next couple rounds. Deontay Johnson goes off the board to Matthew Flagger here at the 509. Adam Thielen, the second Vikings receiver, the first receiver drafted by Brent Studebaker and Rafael Delfonseca at the 510. Brandon Ayuk, the number one uh, 49ers receiver, is the number three receiver for Jake Belish and Clint Ostermiller. And rounding things up in the fifth round is indeed the third quarterback selected this round. He is Lamar Jackson, and he goes to the defending champion, Brad Kazima, Kaz of the North, at the 512. So throw it all the way back to the start here. The 501, Javante Williams-Farrell. Now, he gets drafted by the Denver Broncos, who trade up to get him early in the second round when they already had Melvin Gordon. How soon is it before Javante Williams is going to be the guy that you want to focus on as the starting running back for the Denver Broncos when you're deploying your fantasy lineups this season? Very soon. I feel like we'll be looking at a 60-40 split, and I think with what might happen, we've got a suspenseful summer in Denver with what might happen and what what players might be packaged to uh, to acquire a certain quarterback from Green Bay 
you think that this running back's not going to be one. And, and so it's, it's fascinating scenarios. But I, I tell you, um, our drafters here are allowing team number one, John Terry, to uh, to get some very, very good football players. I, I, I'm really impressed with, with what he's doing. Um, and and I'm, I'm, I'm a little befuddled to see one of the quarterbacks that went before Lamar Jackson. And uh, I'm thrilled uh, to see that uh, Mike Evans is finally off the board, a player that I think is going a little bit too late, uh, a little bit later than he should be going. We'll get into a little bit more fifth-round analysis here shortly, but before we do, I want to go back out to the phone lines. It is the 612 on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Caller, go ahead. You're on the air with Balky and Farrell. Who is this? Hey, how you doing? It's Andy Saquon, the 26er from the five spot. Andy, good hey, to hear Andy. from you. Good to uh, Andy good to, you to pop on tonight. No, so this is good because I was if, if we weren't going to take Andy's call, Farrell, I did want to talk about the Jamar Chase versus T. Higgins uh, decision that he made. So, Andy, you, mm-hmm. you, you could have had any Bengals receiver. You could have had Tyler Boyd, quite frankly. Why was it Jamar Chase for you over T. Higgins here in the fifth round? Well, I knew the deep ball was an issue for him last year, and obviously the teammate connection between him and Joe coming from LSU, I just figured they'd hit the ground running, and he'd probably be the guy to go with. Uh, you know, the other thing that we, and a correct one. It is a yeah, good decision. And I think you're right uh, on that for sure. The other thing I, I should bring up um, with you, Andy, is, is the ATN picked the round before, so it's back-to-back rookies here with you, ATN and then Chase. Um when when the Jaguars selected ATN with their second first-round pick this year, Urban Meyer said that he views ATN as a third-down back with James Robinson, Carlos Hyde being the one-two punch on the early downs. I'm assuming you do not agree with that. What are, what, what are you thinking as far as your projection for ATN this season? Is he a top-20 running back? Is, is he going to be better uh, than that? Even your thoughts on ATN, your fourth-round pick tonight in Genesis. I think it's definitely possible. I, it kind of reminds me of the whole Camara situation when they drafted them and Ingram was already in there. I don't think you spend that much capital on a passing down back. Uh, again, he's going to have a familiarity with Lawrence. I think he's got more talent than Robinson. I got Robinson off of waivers all, all over the place last year, so I enjoyed him, but I think his run might be coming to an end. I think uh, ETN's my number one running back in the rookie draft this year, behind Pitts, of course. So. So this that's interesting. So is Robinson a guy that you're not you're you're not interested in drafting? I mean, he went in the sixth round tonight. We'll get to that in a little bit here. He went in the sixth round tonight. Are you just totally off Robinson then, and, and just team ATN all the way? Well, to be fair, I thought Robinson would slide to me, and I'd be able to handcuff him that next pick. But he went a couple before me. Uh, the way running backs went in this draft so early. I felt the need to get three or four of them, and I wanted to shore up that backfield. So I'm a little concerned. There might be a little bit of a split there. I think I got the better of the two. But, yeah, I was sniping Robinson that round. Were you surprised, you Andy, when, when, when it got back to, to, to you in the, in the second round, were you surprised that, that Devontae Adams was, was staring you in the face as, <laughs> as still only one receiver off the board? Uh, it might be my demise. I was so intent on going running back, <laughs> running back, running back, and the value just kept slipping to me. I was hoping someone would take him. They just wouldn't, so I, I had to do it. I think Rodgers is going to stay in Green Bay this year. I think there's a lot of noise, but I don't think he's going to end up leaving. 
Farrell, go ahead. I know I just interrupted you with, with your question for Andy. No, uh, you really, you really didn't. And yeah, I would have liked to have seen, I would have liked to have seen you go with Robertson in, in the sixth round. And I don't know exactly um, what kind of split we're going to look at uh, in that situation, but um, Robinson put in a very, very good year last year. So uh, the team's going to have to be successful for both these players to 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 help fantasy drafters. So it's it's a tough situation, but I I liked your thinking to get both of them there, and uh, I wish you had in this situation. It'd be nice to see how you would deploy them in your lineup since Robinson would have been your fourth back. So you know, some head scratchers there on Sunday with this lineup. But, yeah, this is a good team you're putting together. And you're, you've made the perfect decision uh, at, at the wide receiver position. I like always reaching for the guy with the upside, and Jamar Chase certainly has that. Andy, you are about to be up here shortly. Um, you already have – I'm looking at your roster here. You have four running backs. You have three receivers, nary a quarterback or tight end to be found. Are you looking to fill one of these positions here as you are about to be up in the eighth round, or are you going to build depth, uh, continue to build depth at, at the running back or, or receiver position here? Um, okay, now I'm up. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to go with a quarterback with some uh, rushing upside. I'm going to go with uh, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, such a strong Hurts gave him the job. Yeah. I think he could be a top five guy if he doesn't screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously you're thinking that the Philly's probably going to give him a fairly long leash, right? You know, they, they, they added Jalen Rager last year. They, they get Devontae Smith in the first round this year. Dallas Goddard is an up-and-comer. Um, you know, Miles Sanders is effective out of the backfield. And quite frankly, you know, you look at Jalen Hurts after he was named the starter last year, he put up some really good fantasy-worthy performances and obviously, Andy uh, Hurts might be a bit of a steal for you here. Yeah, I'm hoping so. It's it's getting to the point where you, you need to have a quarterback with the rushing upside if you want to compete in these leagues, especially with uh, the drafters we have tonight. I'm I'm hoping he comes through for me, though. Well, you have definitely come through with a really solid performance so far here tonight. Good luck the rest of the way. Thanks so much for chiming in, Andy. We really appreciate it. Thank you, gentlemen. Have a good night. Love Andy you. Lund, ladies and gentlemen, Saquon drafting from the five hole tonight. We will get back, and I'll tell you what happened in the sixth round fully. I Before we do that, let's go out, not to the 6-1-2 this time. Let's go to the 6-1-0 on the HSFF Hour. You are on the air live with Balky and Farrell. Who is this? Balky, Darren Armani. What's going on, brother? It is Fantasy Mojo himself chiming in. Darren, this is normally a little bit earlier than, than we normally chat because normally we, 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 you know, you put together the pros versus Joes every year. We always talk a, a lot about that, that um, now uh, at that point. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Were you in Revelations last year and somehow you're in Genesis this year? Yeah, I was. Uh, I did well the, the first couple of years in Revelations. I, I, just, I just wanted to switch it up and uh... – uh, I'm going to jump into the snake pit here with the 26ers, and uh, yes. and, and, and watch them. You know they're they're killing themselves down at the end of the draft. I see like uh, four out of the last five teams there. They're all fighting each other for the you know they're they're what do you call it? Uh, I don't know, but uh, yeah, I figured I'd, I'd mix it up. You have uh, yeah, I mean, well, you have Studebaker and, and Valish and and Ostermiller and Delphin Seika, Kazima. 
you're right. They're all fighting for scraps here, and you're collecting the, the spoils here. The One of those spoils, the first tight end off the board, Travis Kelsey tonight. Um, I pay attention to FantasyMojo.com. I know what the data says. The data says having an elite tight end gives you a pretty big advantage in these drafts, whether it be best ball or classic. So, Darren, was, was Kelsey sort of a, a target for you, assuming that you thought the top three picks were going to be running backs? Um, I was kind of on the fence, but I, I ended up, you know, hitting Kelsey. This is a total points league, and, and he's going to be heads and shoulders above the rest of the guys there at tight end. Um, and if you look, like, you know, I have all the results from last year, so I went back and looked at the last couple of years of uh, the winners of these leagues. And, uh, you know, Kelsey is, is, is a key component to, um, to finishing high. So what I'm, what I'm missing out on running back here, obviously with Sanders and Davis, that may or may not work out, but I potentially have the number one tight end and number one quarterback on my roster. So um, shooting for the stars with those guys and we'll fill in, uh, we'll fill in the gaps later. I do want to um, – we'll get into Miles Sanders here in a little bit, but I'm looking at your team right now. You do have the quarterback. You have the tight end. You have three running backs, three receivers. You're on the clock now, Darren. You can go a lot of different ways with your ninth-round pick. Which way are you going to go? We went with Kenyon Drake, so I'm going to have to attack this running back position with with some volume and, um, you know, hope, hope a couple of these guys emerge. Um you know, I got a lot of timeshare situations. Sanders, we'll see. I mean, I, I think Sanders is still going to be the guy, and I hope Davis mm-hmm. is going to be the guy. I heard Farrell saying they're probably going to bring somebody else in. I don't know who they would bring in at this point. Um, I, I don't know if it's going to be anybody that's going to challenge him, but uh, so I, I got to just be optimistic about that pick. So we'll. Uh, yeah, it well, is a little bit on the I, early I, side, but 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 we know what the the guys in the front end of the draft they needed running back, so I had to pick my spot there. Darren, as we go through this draft, I want you to pay attention to the existing Falcons depth chart and look for a favorite of the Dizzle as you move to your later double-digit rounds, a University of Louisville quarterback, uh, running back Hawkins. So I want you to keep an eye out for that as you uh, – And he's already there, Farrell. He's already there. He's already on the depth chart. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Keep an eye on that. Real quick. I wanted to talk a little bit about the Miles Sanders pick because, Darren, I, I think over the last, well, for sure in 2020, he was polarizing. Um, but he's been a pretty polarizing running back. He slips now in, in, into the, to the early third round here for you. You get him as your number one running back. Try to answer this as unbiasedly as you possibly can. But Miles Sanders, his upside, I mean, is it, could he be a top ten running back this year? The likelihood of that, your thoughts? I don't know about top 10. Um, I'm hoping top 15 still. I, I think, you know, he was hurt a little bit last year. Um, you know, he got hurt in training camp. And uh, I think they're just covering their bases and, and stocking up, um, having a contingency plan, plan in place. And um, I, I'm optimistic he can still be the guy. He, they just need to, like, you know, let him get into a rhythm there and, and, and let him roll. So we'll see how it goes. But the upside is there. You know, what, one other thing that, that um, I wanted to bring up with you, because you take Odell Beckham here in the sixth, you followed up with Juju Smith-Schuster in the seventh. These are two players that have already exhibited and have produced high-end fantasy seasons. However, I wouldn't say that's exactly been the norm for either one of these players as their career has unfolded. 
who are you more excited about or, or, or think is more likely to break back out, the re-breakout this year, Odell Beckham in Cleveland, or is it Juju Smith-Schuster in Pittsburgh, even with the presence of Deontay Johnson and Clay, uh, Chase Claypool? Uh, I'm hoping for Beckham to, um, you know, finally establish himself and, and pay off on that, that, you know, the move that they made. Um, Juju's no slouch. He finished wide receiver 16 last year, um, kind of very quietly. I, I think Claypool got all the, you know, the, the attention because of his, his gigantic games that he was having. Well, Farrell pumps Juju's him up still on this show pick. every single week, Darren. That's the problem. When you have Farrell Elliott <laughs> pumping up Chase Claypool week in and week out on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, that's what all the pundits are going to be talking about. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, Farrell, Farrell moves the markets with, with his uh, – his there. So, yeah, let's see if we'll I can see. move the market this year, fellas, with a 17th round wide receiver that performs like Claypool. I'm looking for one. I'll let you know. <laughs> there, there you go. <laughs> nice. Um, Darren, I hope you're right with Beckham because I got him in. I was, I was looking over my dynasty uh, teams over the, a, after the NFL draft. I didn't realize how many shares of Odell Beckham I had. So I'm, I'm hoping mm-hmm. you're right on that for sure. Um, and good luck to you the rest of the way, sir, in, in this draft. You've, uh, you've certainly uh, put up a competitive team here, um, you know, not to be trifled with, especially when you consider Kyler Murray in the fifth, Travis Kelsey, the number one tight end in the first round. Uh, good luck to you, and thanks for calling in, man. Thanks for all the work you do with the FFPC and Pros versus Joes, man. Uh, much appreciated. All right, guys. I'll talk to you later. Thank Darren you, Armani, man. ladies and gentlemen, remember to check him out on Twitter, at Fantasy Mojo. Check out his website, fantasymojo.com. This is totally unsolicited. I'm telling you, if you play in the FFPC, you want to compete, um, a subscription to fantasymojo.com simply is a must, and it is super cheap. Um, you, you'll be um, blown away when you see that you can get some pretty good data there for less uh, single digits um, as far as the uh, subscription price goes. Moving on here in the sixth round, Farrell. We left off with Lamar Jackson in the fifth. I'll try to rifle through this because I know we're falling behind a little bit. Dallas Goddard at the 6-1, followed by Dak Prescott here to uh, Valish and Ostermiller. Kareem Hunt off the board, the number three running back to Studebaker. And then James Robinson, who we mentioned earlier. James Robinson is the number three running back to Flager. Justin Herbert will be starting at quarterback. Farrell, you called it. It's the Chargers uh, load up by Stuart Keene here at the eighth spot. Way Gets to go, Eckler Stuart. And Keenan Allen. In the second and third, he gets Justin Herbert here in the sixth. A uh, bunch of receivers off the board after that. DJ Chark to Bip Lab Mandel. Kenny Galladay and uh, Cooper Cup to Kalaga and Lund, respectively. We already heard about Odell Beckham to Armani. Noah Fant is going to be the next tight end selected. He is tight end number eight off the board tonight, if my math is correct. Uh, then you have Tyler Lockett and Cortland Sutton. Wrapping up the sixth round, starting off the seventh round, it is indeed Chase Claypool, the number five receiver for John Terry. Wow, that's pretty good wow. when you can have Chase Claypool as your number five receiver. Uh, Logan Thomas off the board after that as tight end number nine to Dan Priestner, followed by Raheem Mostert, number three running back drafted by Hudson Kern-Reeve. Juju Smith-Schuster to Armani. Melvin Gordon to Saquon, that's Andy Lund. And then Russell Wilson will be starting at quarterback for Jason Kulaga, he drafting from the sixth spot tonight. Leonard Fournette and Michael Carter. Fournette to Bip Lab Mandel. Michael Carter, the rookie to Stuart Keene. Joe Burrow off the board as the starting quarterback for Matthew Flager. And then a trio of receivers. Jerry Judy to Studebaker. Tyler Boyd to Valish. And Debo Samuel to Kazima. Moving on into the eighth round here. Ronald Jones 
is the third running back drafted by Kazima. Then you have Evan Engram starting at tight end for Valicia and Ostermiller at the 802. LaVisca Chenault and Devontae Smith right after that, followed by Robert Tunyon to Stuart Keene. Trey Sermon, the number four running back, the second rookie running back drafted by Biplab Mandel. He goes off the board tonight at the 806. Curtis Samuel, you heard the Jalen Hurts pick live on the air for Andy Lund. And then you get a bunch of running backs. James Conner to Darren Armani. Damian Harris to Kern Reeves. Zach Moss off the board to Dan Priester. And then Mike Jasicki will be John Terry's starting tight end here as he takes him at the 8-12. Now you say, okay, John Terry's he's forming a pretty good team here. Only got the two running backs. That might be an issue, but those receivers look great. Ah, Jasicki, that's not that great for a starting tight end. Well, he started off with the ninth round with another tight end. So he waits on tight end, Farrell, but he gets two of them back-to-back. Jasicki at the final pick of the eighth round, and then Irv Smith out of Minnesota is the first pick of the ninth round here tonight. Tony Pollard to Dan Priestner at the 902, followed by Will Fuller, the number one slash number two slash 1A, slash 1B, I'm not sure, in Miami this year. He's the number three receiver for Hudson Kern-Reeve. You heard the Kenyon Drake pick for Darren Armani. Tyler Higby will be the number one tight end for Andy Lund as he goes off the board at the 905. The embattled Aaron Rodgers backs up Russell Wilson. Wow. In a, in, um, if this was a disgruntled quarterback league, you would certainly give the title to Jason Tulaga right now if he gets Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers on his team. Hunter Henry will be backing up TJ Hawkinson for Biplab Mandela, followed by David Johnson as the number four running back to Stuart Keene. Tom Brady, the uh, Super Bowl winning quarterback, will technically be backing up Joe Burrow for Matthew Flager this year. He gets Burrow in the seventh, Tom Brady in the ninth. Michael Pittman is the third straight receiver drafted by Brent Studebaker and Rafael DeFonseca. And then you have A.J. Dillon and Jalen Waddell, the rookie receiver drafted uh, by the Miami Dolphins in the real draft. He is drafted by Brad Kazima here tonight in Genesis. A lot of picks here, Farrell, to, to, uh, to unpack. Ooh. Let's just, just kind of unfold the, um, the ninth round here. So we'll, we'll kick things off as we look at this um, from, um, from, from the picks that stand out to me. 901, Irv Smith. So you look at him in Minnesota. Um, he's, you already got Thielen and, and Jefferson there, Cousins thrown on the ball. Dalvin Cook, obviously a threat out of the backfield. You think Irv Smith steps up and breaks out uh, this year? You think he could be the type of guy that people draft him as a backup tight end, as John Terry did, but he ends up being like a top eight, a top ten option this year in the FFPC? No, not at all. And I don't like – this is where John's magic wand got a little bent out of shape here. He uh, – the, the tight ends that went after Gusecki and, and Smith, I like a little better with their upside. We're just certainly unknown about uh, Higby with his new quarterback and, and new locations for Henry and Johnny Smith. But we've proven that the Vikings are not going to throw the ball much to the tight end. I don't care who he is. And we got to read between the lines with Kosecki because they drafted a young pass-catching tight end that you and I have uh, are proponents of and have talked about on the podcast, and it's a kid long out of Boston College. So I think that means that Kosecki – going to get a little bit less play but see he was sitting at a golden moment where he could get the last of some of these better running backs at that eight nine spot and I, I really think that uh, I really think that he might live to regret it um, you know he's got five great wide receivers he can only play four of them uh, I, I think uh, I'd like to see what he's going to do running back wise he's going to be chasing some guys 
Um, in in the ninth round, uh, I'm a little bit confused about why um, a couple of these teams are doubling up on quarterbacks. If you have Russell Wilson, you certainly don't need Aaron Rodgers. And uh, perhaps Brady to back up Burrow. Burrow's an injury situation, uh, but that's an expensive cost for a second quarterback with these very, very good players, these very good wide receivers that are still on board. Yeah, just interesting, too. Matthew Flager, who you're just referring to, gets Burrow and Brady at quarterback. Certainly courting the market on, on similarly named receivers. He gets Deontay, Devontae, and Devontae at receiver. Now, that is a formation I'd like to see in fantasy football going forward. Farrell, the other thing I want to bring up in the ninth round here, um, with, um, with the New England Patriots tight ends, we'll get to the tenth round here shortly, but Hunter Henry goes to Biplab Mandel at the 907. John o. Smith goes off the board at the 1007. Uh, the following round, mm-hmm. he goes to Jason Kalaga there. Is that the way that you view the, the Patriots tight ends for fantasy purposes? Would you be drafting Hunter Henry over Jonu Smith? I've been interchanging them in my drafts, and, and now that would have been the stack. We can go back to our friend John Terry, who doesn't need any advice from me. But that would have been the stack I would have been interested to see at tight end would it be a, uh, a Henry and a, and a Smith, because I believe we're going to look at a lot of 21 personnel uh, there in New England, and uh, Henry is more of a downfield threat, while Smith is more of the uh, the physicality uh, threat and and good yards after the catch, after contact. Both those players very interesting to me, Balky. I like them. Um, moving on to the tenth round, here we have Brandon Cooks. Off this is a big receiver run here in the tenth round. Brandon Cooks is the first receiver or the first pick of the tenth round here. Brandon Cooks goes as the number four receiver to Brad Kazima, followed by Jarvis Landry to Valicia and Ostermiller. Antonio Brown, the number three receiver, uh, beg your pardon, in Tampa is the number five receiver for Studebaker and Delphin Seca. Devontae Parker, we already talked about here to Flagger. Robbie Anderson, where is he going to end up in the pecking order for Sam Darnold in Carolina? That can only be uh, seen once the NFL season starts. He goes to Stuart Keenan as number three receiver. Yikes. Rashad Bateman off the board after that to Biplab Mandel is his number four wideout. Uh, Jonu Smith is the number one tight end for Jason Kalaga. And then Jalen Rager to Andy Lund, followed by Marquise Brown, the number one slash number two receiver for Baltimore, is indeed the number four receiver for Darren Armani. Cole Komet getting a lot of steam here as a potential sleeper over the last three or four weeks here in the FFPC. He will be the second tight end drafted by Hudson Kern Reeve. You have Michael Gallup. Going to uh, Dan Priestner. Remember, uh, Priestner took Amari Cooper in the uh, fourth round at the 402. He gets Gallup here at the um, in the uh, tenth round here. I uh, beg your pardon. He took Cooper at the 411. He gets Michael Gallup at the 1011. And then Naheem Hines, the final pick of the tenth round, goes to John Terry as his number three running back. All right, Farrell, let's unpack this a little bit here. I just brought this up, and, and I know Dizzle is not an Odell Beckham fan at all, um, but I brought it, you know, just kind of bring it up in the chat room, you know, thinking it out loud. Should we be drafting Jarvis Landry over Odell Beckham right now? I mean, this is, this is a big difference here in, in ADP. You have Odell Beckham going at the end of the sixth round. You have um, Jarvis Landry going at the beginning of the tenth. Should those guys be closer together? Mm, yes, uh, Beckham should drop and Landry's going about where he should, and I really don't care for either of them. We, we, we noticed that their quarterback, I think, 
still is not drafted in this draft, and and they have a wonderful offensive line. We talked about it earlier. They're going to want to run the ball. At certain times of the year, especially when we get to the playoffs, the passing game in Cleveland uh, gives way to the running game. I am I'm not a, a fan of either one of those players, and the wide receiver core is just so rich with upside young players and free agents that have moved to be the number one receiver at teams and guys that are double-digit round picks like Marvin Jones, who who's can be a touchdown machine and has been uh, for the last couple of years. No, I don't see that. Beckham I don't want to spend the premium on. Jarvis is a great football player and great history of, of him, but he's uh, – uh, you know he's going to be a 75 catch, five touchdown guy, and, and uh, average about 12 yards a catch. And I think we can do better than that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the last thing I want to do before we switch over to our revelations coverage tonight is ask Farrell about the Carolina receivers. We saw DJ Moore go off the board tonight at the 401 to Brad Kazima. We saw Robbie Anderson go off the board tonight at the 10.06 to Stuart Keene. And the other, why am I blanking on the third uh, Carolina receiver, Farrell, that uh, took the place of, of Curtis Samuel this year? Uh, Balky, you went, uh, you blacked out on me there for a minute, and I think you're back to oh, talking I'm sorry. about uh, Robbie Anderson. Ro- yeah, Robbie correct? Anderson goes off the board at the at the 10.05. Chat room helped me out on this, too. Um, Curtis Samuel is no longer in Carolina. Who is the other receiver? Oh, it was Terrace Marshall who has not been drafted yet tonight. So, uh, yet. I mean, I'm sure right. he will be, but he has not been taken yet. Um, what do you make of the Carolina receiver situation for redraft? I mean, if you're drafting in the FFPC main event, in the KFFSC, in the Football Guys Players Championship, is, is DJ Moore simply the guy to own? Is Robbie Anderson providing a value? Would you draft Terrace Marshall as, as sort of a flyer late? How do you handle the Carolina receivers this year? I really like Anderson to repeat the performance he did last year and score more touchdowns. DJ Moore is a top, top receiver. He's going exactly where he needs to go. Anderson is a steal at double digits right here, a, a veritable steal. And, you know, Robbie Anderson had a tough time getting going in the NFL. And I've talked a little bit about what I don't like about Terrence Marshall. Now I'm going to talk about what I do like about him. Robbie Anderson is the perfect guy to mentor and line up with uh, uh, Terrence Marshall. There's a lot to be learned uh, from from Marshall coming in to be part of this. So uh, I think Anderson uh, will even have a better year uh, than than what he had previously. So kudos with the tenth round pick uh, uh, there on Robbie Anderson. And uh, you know the the receivers Parker Anderson and Bateman I like better than Cooks Landry Brown. And the Cooks Landry Brown went in front of them in this round. I, um, I I I got to tell you, um, as as far as it goes with the Carolina receivers, it's kind of dependent upon Sam Darnold, right? Um, when, when you look at what what he can do in Carolina, should we have reason to believe that once Darnold is is acclimated to the Carolina offense and and he will be you know under Matt Rule, are we expecting a, just a, a leap forward for him for fantasy purposes? Because if that happens, Farrell. It's going to mean good things for everybody in Carolina, Christian McCaffrey included. This, uh, the, you know, the same ghosts that were uh, uh, in uh, 
New York are not going to follow him to Carolina. I expect him to be very productive and flourish um, tremendously in this environment. Uh, He's the right coach, uh, right low-key southern environment for this kid to play. And quite honestly, uh, the Jets, if they hadn't picked second, uh, they they wouldn't have given up on this player so quickly. And, and you can only give up on quarterbacks this early because of the way the contracts are structured now. And I never expected them to lead to this. Uh, you used to give your quarterback a lot of time to mature and, and, and lead your team in the NFL. Not anymore. The Carolina is a very, very astute acquisition of this player. And, you know, with the guys that they have around him, they're, we talked about it last week. They're not playing through the quarterback. They're playing around the quarterback. And this guy's going to be successful with what he's got around him. We, uh, you've been listening live to the FFPC's uh, High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, beg your pardon, coverage of the uh, Genesis and Revelations drafts tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Um, thrilled to bring you Genesis. What, what, a, what a treat that was, obviously, with the 26ers uh, basically taking over, Farrell, as it were. Um, getting into a, um, a lot of um, redraft uh, conversation tonight. I, I, my apologies to everybody involved. I am trying to bring up the Revelations draft right now, and I'm having a bit of issue with it, but we will get to it shortly here. And the great thing about this is, too, we will have the opportunity to have, um, I, I believe, and I, don't quote me on this, I believe we'll have the opportunity to have the entire rest of the Revelations draft on the uh, on the program tonight. Um, so, you know, every everything you see, or, or we'll, we'll get to see the completion of the draft, obviously, when it comes to, uh, to Revelations, as I am bringing it up here right now. I think I almost have it, and I'm vamping <laughs> for time, so I appreciate everybody um, uh, putting up with, with me right now and my voice. All right, I think we have it right now. Yes, we do. Perfect. All right, excellent. Farrell, it's like I always say, you got to be smarter than the machine, and I was indeed that tonight after quite some time. All right, so to get you into the uh, Revelations lineup, ladies and gentlemen, here is the, um, uh, what, we're, what we have for the Revelations coverage. 2020 champ was Jake Venuti. He is not drafting here tonight, but who is drafting? Dan Williamson and John Daniel, the uh, GOAT district. Our uh, the Gochester tandem is drafting first tonight. The overhyped sleeper himself, Dan Williamson, along with John Daniel, drafting one. Cautiously dangerous. That's Liz Ballard's team. She is in the two-hole tonight, followed by Bip Lab Mandel. Yeah, that's right. He is drafting in the Genesis and Revelations draft. Bitcoin drafting third in this draft after he was selecting seventh in Genesis. Uh, Mike and Todd Aaron, the mad genius or gene- geniuses of fantasy football, uh, they are drafting fourth. Jake Belish and Greg McLean picking the uh, 26 Packer team from the five spot tonight. Todd Hunter, the Huggers, longtime Revelations uh, competitor. He is drafting sixth. Andrew Schellenberg and David Hofer, clutch like Shelley, picking seventh tonight. Robert Marshall, uh, the uh, fantasy dum dums, 26er, invading the Revelations draft tonight. He is picking eighth. Ron Meyer, of course. One of the uh, founding fathers of the Revelations draft. Uh, Tupacker himself drafting ninth, followed by Run to Daylight Inks, Todd Burroughs, Shane Hallam, the Hallam Hammers picking 11th and wrapping things up tonight. It is indeed Eric Sisson. Mr. Eric, it is the Pink Stripes picking 12th tonight, Farrell. All right, so I have the, the, um, the draft up right now. Now, this is kind of going to kind of be a little bit weird because we covered the first 10 rounds of the Genesis draft. 
I, I want to kind of pick things up here in the 11th round so we can sort of follow the ADP here as it were um, the, the best we can. Now I can tell you that the running backs were not as crazy in this draft, but they, they did go fairly high. I, I can tell you, we saw Najee Harris go in the second round here uh, in this draft, Travis Etienne, also a fourth round pick if you're talking about rookies. Um, but let's get into the 11th round here as we provide the pick by pick coverage, kicking things off. It was indeed Blake Jarwin going to uh, the goat district over hype sleepers as their number two tight end behind Logan Thomas, Antonio Brown going at the 11.02 to Liz Ballard. Then we have Alexander Madison, the uh, backup to Dalvin Cook. Sure enough, it is Bitland Mandel, a noted Vikings fan, getting Alexander Madison to back up his Dalvin Cook 103 selection tonight. Should mention, too, that Liz Ballard took Travis Kelsey at the 102 tonight. Um, It was an interesting first round with McCaffrey going 101, Kelsey 102. And then we had, Farrell, we had nine straight running backs, followed by Tyree Kill as the first receiver off the board and the only receiver to go in the first round. Uh, Back to the 11th round, Chuba Hubbard. Uh, is going to go to the mad genius of fantasy football. Those are the errands, and Chuba Hubbard goes at the 11.04 tonight. Gerald Everett is going to be backing up Tyler Higby. The former Rams tight ends sort of reunite in a fantasy standpoint for uh, Jake Belish and the 26-packer team with Greg McClain there. Um, you have Devin Singletary as the, uh, the running back number four for Todd Hunter's Huggers. Adam Troutman is the starting uh, tight end for Andrew um, uh, Schellenberg, uh, who is drafting uh, from the seven hole tonight. Then you have uh, Corey Davis and Mike Williams after that, two highly decorated uh, rookie receivers after how high they went in the draft. They have fallen off a little bit, but they still go in the 11th round tonight to Marshall and Meyer back-to-back. Rashad Penny goes off the board uh, to Todd Burroughs here in the uh, 11th round at the uh, 10 spot. And then you have Darnell Mooney, Uh, A receiver who's really picking up a lot of steam, a lot of buzz out of Chicago to be the number two receiver there. And then Rob Gronkowski, the third tight end selected by Eric Sisson in the 11th round. More to come on that. He may have gone tight end in the next round as well. But let's talk about this here, Farrell. We'll kick things off right at the start of the 11th round. Um, Chuba Hubbard is a a guy who, if he would have come out a year ago, Farrell, I feel like he would have been drafted much higher in the NFL draft. He was not. He was a day three pick and you'd like to think that he is indeed the backup to Christian McCaffrey this year. Is he just only a value as a handcuff, or does he have some standalone value as a rookie in 2021? I think he has standalone value, and the story will tell out as as the further we get into the seasons. Hubbard was a necessary pick here um, because you had to get someone at running back with high upside because this team – um, is a little bit handcuffed with the fact that they went three tight ends in the first eight rounds. Uh, and naturally, I understand Pitts and, and uh, the Fant, and I believe he stopped there. The eighth-round pick of Evan Ingram uh, was a little overkill here. Would have liked to have seen a running back uh, a little higher up the board. But Hubbard here in the 11th, that's the best we can do. I like Singletary as well. Um, but uh, it's an upside play for the rookie Hubbard. Uh, Gerald Everett was wallowing behind um, Tyler Higby last year in um, in Los Angeles. That's not going to be the case anymore. Gerald Everett goes to Seattle, and if they do indeed let Russ cook, as the kids say up there, he's going to have a lot of passing options, Farrell. D.K. Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, both deep threats that can open up. And, and by the way, Dwayne Eskridge, too. 
um, uh, another burner out of Western Michigan, who Farrell, I think you sold me on last week um, on the show, and, and I'm, I'm starting to warm up to him. I, I think about all three of those guys in that Seattle offense, they can all take the top off the secondary. That should leave a lot of stuff open for Gerald Everett. And, and you look at this draft, I mean, he's not even drafted as a top 15 tight end in FFPC right now. No, this is a great pick here in the 11th round. It's a player, if you recall, Everett, with his two-touchdown play against the big uh, game against Kansas City where the, the teams uh, scored over 100 points in, in the Rams-Kansas City matchup. Everett has skills that translate all over the field. He'll be a big, big weapon for Russell Wilson. I, I, I have all confidence that Seattle will take uh, will take benefit of Everett's skills, and I'm happy for him. Higby, on the other hand, um, going uh, as a, in a tight end tandem here going in the eighth round, he's going after a lot of tight ends, and, and I don't quite understand it because we should recognize that uh, they have uh, established now a, a burner with the Rams as well, and we have a quarterback that uh, has a great history of uh, working with the tight end, and I think that's a natural setup. I don't think we we move away from the position um, as the Rams t- typically have when 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 Matt Stafford comes to to town. I think we're going to be uh, uh, I'm a little more tight end friendly with the passing opportunities, and Higby should benefit from that. All right, more 11th round, and we'll get into the 12th round coverage here of the Revelations draft here shortly on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Farrell Elliott, Eric Balkman bringing you pick-by-pick coverage here, or as best as we can catch up with these expert drafters. One of those expert drafters we're going to go out to and talk to right now. It is the 201 (laughs) live on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Who do we have the pleasure of speaking with now? Hi, it's Todd from PA, uh, picking number 10. Well, Todd, it is so good to hear your voice on these airwaves once again. And it's uh, obviously um, everybody listens to your podcast, the Run to Daylight podcast, which is great. Um, having a lot of great content on there with, uh, with FFPC and early fantasy football drafting. As far as your team goes here tonight, Todd, what do you think of it so far from the 10 spot? Is it as expected? Uh, are you happy with it? Are you a little miffed? How do you feel about it? Um, I'm cautiously optimistic. I would say that uh... – <clears throat> there was a couple of key spots where there wasn't anyone I really wanted to pick um, early. Um, you know, in the as we got into the middle rounds, I, I you know the tenth spot is a tough spot this year. Um, but I, I got to be happy that Derrick Henry fell to me at one ten, and it's wow. a little risky with uh, Devontae Adams at pick two two, but. Um, and same things with Miles Sanders. So I, I feel like I stopped the, the, the free fall for Devontae and Miles Sanders. There's risk there, um, but at the same time, I, I you know, I, I agree with the other gentleman from earlier. I think push comes to shove, they're going to pay Aaron Rodgers and he's going to play there. Um, and, I, and I think Miles Sanders is still, you know, I'm not that upset by the fact carry on and these other running backs are brought in because I really feel like Miles Sanders is going to be a two thirds, one third guy, which at the end of the third round is plenty. Um, let's, let's talk about Devonte Adams here real quick, Todd, because I happen to agree with you, but I do think the Packers and Rogers are, are going to find a way to make him the starting quarterback for green Bay come week one. Um, June 1st is obviously the next big date in this whole saga when the Packers 
can trade him with, with pretty big significant cap savings. Um, would you advise people, if they are drafting right now, that this is the time to strike hot on players like Devontae Adams because you probably won't get them at this kind of a, uh, kind of a discount after June 1st? Well, before this, he was going around one six to one nine, so that's a pretty significant discount to two three. Um, so, you know, I, I was hoping that he wouldn't be there, and I had, wouldn't have to make that choice. But when I look at the draft board and the other people that were there, um, Michael Thomas went next, um, Aaron Jones and AJ Brown. The, the the guy that I would have taken instead of Adams was uh, Waller. Um, so that was a pretty good deal for tree huggers, but, you know, to answer your question directly, you know, you, you want to always take your risk and figure out how much that of risk you can stomach and, uh, uh-huh. you know, how many leagues you're going to be in, how much, how many shares do you want to have versus the discount that you're getting on them possibly now? I mean, he's not going to just completely not have value even if Jordan loves the quarterback, but, you know, he's certainly going (laughs) to drop a good bit if that ends up happening. Todd, one of the things that that I think fantasy owners are going to try to unlock here for for maximum um, output on their squads this year is the 49ers rushing game. Now, in in the Revelations draft that you're in tonight, Andrew Schellenberg takes Trey Sermon as the first 49ers running back off the board here at the 707 pick. Raheem Mostert, goes to two-packer Ron Meyer off the board at the 804. Now, you get Jeffrey Wilson here at the 9-10 pick tonight as the third San Francisco running back off the board. And, I, I, you know, you participate in way more best balls than I do, but I can't remember a third running back going that high um, before. I'm sure it's happened. It just doesn't seem like something that's very um, – it happens very often. Your thoughts on drafting Jeffrey Wilson there – when you already had Sermon and Mostert off the board, does that mean you're not a believer in either Sermon, Mostert, or both? Well, I'm, I, I think that Mostert is the guy that I would be the most fearful of drafting. They almost didn't pay him anything last year. Remember, he was on like a rookie-type deal and or a real low deal, and you know they almost didn't pay him anything and barely paid him when they did. Uh, Sermon is my favorite, but Wilson is a good player. And you'll notice later I took Wayne Gallman um, because the upside is so great if you get, get it right. So, again, you only want so much risk on a team, but you'll look at a, a couple situations I did that with. I took Robbie Anderson and Terrace Marshall. I like both of them at their ADP, but if one of them gets hurt, the other one is going to crush their ADP possibly. Um, I, you know, I, 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 I like doing that with later picks because, you know, think about it. The first three weeks of the season, what percentage of the guys you draft today in May are still, you know, are going to be on the waiver wire. So I don't mind taking some of these two for one opportunities and try and turn it into one really deadly app, uh, asset. You'll notice I took Byron Pringle also earlier than he goes, but he has a good chance to be the number two in a great offense. And that's the kind of thing I don't mind chasing this early. Todd, Todd, you've been a wonderful contributor to fantasy football with your podcast and, um, and, and here in the FFPC. And, and I want to get at least a consideration 
uh, from you that you will make a trip to Kentucky either online or physically to join us this year and, and run your podcast from our live event. Can I can I get just a consideration that that might be something that you yeah, look into? Yeah, send me some info. And uh, well, I'm I mean, going to send you an info. And I wanted to get that confirmation that you would consider it before I before I said this. Uh, these these picks nine through fourteen, I, I wouldn't give you a nickel for too many of them. Now I don't know what you're thinking here, but uh, tell me about your third tight end. Well, um, I got to learn something about this Tennessee Titan tight end. Well, I mean, Fruxter has flashed really well as a you know, as a part-time player, Jonu Smith and Corey Davis out of this offense, and you've only got Reynolds. Um, so I, I, I like that pick, actually. I like the Terrace Marshall pick. Um, I could see why you might not like the Jeffrey Wilson pick and the Cole Komet pick maybe being a little early. Uh, Rashad Penny is, you know, he's going to play. And if Chris Carson uh-huh. goes down again, Rashad Penny could be a really good pick there. So, I, I, I don't know what your hesitation is with some of these guys, but, um, you know, th- that's why I took them. Well, you and I lined up beautifully like your 16th round pick with Terrell Williams. So you came back on board with me on that player right there. So, you know, <laughs> I, I think that I'm going to have to reassess uh, Ferkshire a bit uh, down in Tennessee because I may be missing on that one. I think you might be. A lot of very smart people like him. Um, By the way, we all follow Todd on Twitter, at Todd from PA. That's a single D, Todd from PA. And uh, you you actually live live streamed your first hour of Revelations uh, of drafting tonight. We did not get a chance to cover it here because we're covering Genesis. And then I got very, very tired. And (laughs) even still, I, I, I don't think I had my best draft. So I was going to and I didn't. Well, listen, doing a podcast with Shane Hallam for an hour, that would take it out of any of us, right? It, and, and then he's picking right behind me, too. <laughs> Todd, it is, always, it is always a pleasure. Check out the Run to Daylight podcast, obviously. A lot of great guests you've been having on there the last month. month well, I mean, you know, going, you know, in, in recent history, you've had a lot of great guests on there, too. Um, but it was good to hear from you tonight. Good luck the rest of the way in this draft. I know it's almost wrapped up. And good luck this this drafting season, too. Don't be a stranger, man. You got it. Thank you, Todd. Todd from PA, ladies and gentlemen. It's it's good talking to you, Todd. Todd Burroughs joining us here on the podcast tonight. Uh, Let's squeak in another phone call here from the Revelations draft. It is go, we are going out to area code 734 on the HSFF hour. You are live with Balky and Farrell. Who is this? It's Fancy Dum Dums. How you doing? Hey, Robert guys. Marshall, good to talk to you, dude. It is, it is, it's been mm-hmm. too long. So now, now, Robert, refresh my memory. Did you win Genesis or Revelations recently? Uh, one, I think it was Revelations. I don't know, I did two the one year. I forget which one it was. You, I think you won Revelations two years ago, if, I remember, if I'm remembering yeah. correctly. So, so tonight... Yeah, I went to get um, in Genesis this year. I went, I went to get into Genesis this year, and it was filled up, so then I signed up with Gen- uh, Revelations this year instead. So I was planning on doing yeah. Genesis. If the Genesis ones, all those 26ers, man, they don't have lives. All they do is draft together in, in <laughs> Dynasty or Redraft. They're always drafting together. They filled up Genesis <laughs> right away. You actually get in Revelations tonight. 
drafting from the eighth spot. If, um, you know, we're, we just got done with the NFL draft. Everybody's grading everybody's draft. How would you grade your draft tonight from the eighth spot, Robert? Um, I am loving it. I got three solid running backs um, with Zeke, Aaron Jones, and Montgomery. Got two killer tight ends with Hawkinson and Gusecki. Um, and then Galladay and Juju have huge upside. And then Marquise Brown really came on at the end of last year, um, and I'm hoping he continues that. Um, Brandon Cooks, he's the only guy in Houston, regardless of who's throwing it to him, throwing to him. And then Corey Davis had a good year last year. Um, going to the Jets, and the rest of it is just really upside. Um, I grabbed three quarterbacks, which is kind of odd for me. Um, but, again, I, I think that oh, I saw Tua still there in the 18th round. It's really hard to pass on him if he ends up having a Lamar Jackson-type uh, season uh, come up this year. Two things I noticed about your draft. I thought Carson Wentz was a significant value where you got him, and I think you might end up starting him more than anyone. And and, uh, the the 11th-round pick, Corey Davis, that's my favorite pick of the 11th round. I think he'll have a natural connection with this quarterback and outdo anything he did at Tennessee. So your double-digit drafting here is pretty impressive, my friend. You you guys said a couple things. Go ahead. No, no, no. I want to hear. I want to hear what, what you had to have to say about. So, what uh, I was going to say, I was going to say that you guys mentioned us twenty sixers. All we do is draft and we do dynasty and stuff like that. And on that note, um, we're doing the four and I just wanted to let Farrell know that he's on the clock, um, ah. and was hoping that you know maybe he could pick before the eight hours is up. Yeah, I have been on the clock every time there's a, a podcast with Balky, the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. I am on the clock, no matter how aggressively <laughs> I try to pick before the draft. I am always on the clock during the podcast. So you know, I expected that, and I appreciate the new. And I've done pretty good with getting my draft picks in early. Right, and and Farrell, I'll tell you this right now. Not only have you been getting them in early, but I should pass this along from Hudson Kern Reeve, who was drafting in Genesis tonight. He said. You have been doing much better than just even holding your own. He said you've been doing very good in that draft thus far. I'm taking everybody uh, less than 25 years of age, and uh, that's that's been my uh, that's, that's what I'm doing. When I run out of that's, the 25-year-olds, I'm going to go to the 26-year-olds. You get that ball key? You see what I did there? I do. Years, I like it. You know how many how many phone how many phone of friends have you been doing before your pick? I have not. I I, I haven't. Uh, actually, zero, actually. I've, I've been winging this one on my own, but I do have that phone-to-friend list, and uh, I, I reserve the right to use it at any time. Hey, Robert, just real quick. Um, one of the things I, I think that was, well, maybe proven to be a myth uh, after last year was receivers going from one team to a different one New coach, new OC, new offense. Um, we saw last year that that you know that that's not necessarily a death knell to fantasy value with a lot of players exceeding um, expectations. You took Kenny Galladay as as your number one receiver tonight in the fifth round after securing Hawkinson and those three running backs. Um, your thoughts on Kenny Galladay catching passes from Daniel Jones, knowing that he's going to have one of the best running backs in fantasy football. Um, you know, anchoring the ground game there. You think about Kadarius Toney entering the, the wide receiver core along with uh, Sterling Shepard already being there, Darius Slayton. 
Kenny Galladay, what, what are you expecting from him in 2021? So being from Detroit, I've watched him for the last however many years. Um, be stuck on our um, shameful team who, um, you know, was you know, getting passes from Stafford, just chucking the ball down the field. And he is very good at going up to get the ball. Um, he's a big guy. He's a big player. And I think that they're going to use him kind of like Odell Beckham when he was there. Um, you know, chuck the ball down the field. I think the Giants are, even with Barkley there, um, they're going to be behind a lot. Um, and you could see last year with Slayton and Shepard, when they had good games, they had very good games. Um, it was all over the board, but I think um, Galladay is a different type player. And then Juju is the same type of thing. Um, you know, he has some real high upside, some big games. And someone mentioned earlier on the show that, hey, this is a total points league um, to you know, get your standings. And when you get a guy that has, you know, 150 yards, a, a touchdown or two, that's a huge week. Um, and then to your point, you know, Diggs and and Hopkins tra- change teams. If you have a good player, you have a good player. Um, the end. It just, they're going to perform well regardless of where they're going. You know, the, the Dizzle has always said, and I think I brought it up on this show before, um, I, I think some other shows too, um, Baltimore recently has been where receivers go to die, uh, at least for their fantasy value. Um, they they sink the first round pick into Rashad Bateman this year out of Minnesota. Uh, they still obviously have Marquise Brown and Robert. You made him your number three receiver as you picked him at the eight oh five tonight. Marquise Brown, uh, you know, when you look at his fantasy output, do you think it's going to be significantly affected by the presence of Rashad Bateman, or perhaps not? So I don't think that any receiver that's a rookie um, or coming in like that is going to be that much of a threat. Um, he's had some flashes in his first two years. Um, and when you look at his, what he did in the end of the game, it, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six touchdowns in the last, I think, six games. Um, so he was starting to become more and more of a target. And if you go to the playoffs, um, you see that that continued. And that's a huge sign for me. I always go to the playoffs to check and see, like, what happened there, especially the Super Bowl, what players stood out, what did the quarterback go to? And he continued to go to him, you know, moving on into the off season, uh, to that, you know, the postseason. Um, so even if he doesn't do that well, he'll be a bye week guy for me because I plan to start three running backs, two tight ends, and two receivers, and he'll just be my flex, even if that's the case. Yeah, and, that, and that's great. I mean, I brought this up earlier. Two running backs, two receivers, a tight end, and then two flexes. So you have – a lot of different ways to go on that. Um, I know this has been a redraft podcast, Robert, but I know you play in, I don't know, probably a dozen plus dynasties with the FFPC. Um, <laughs> yeah. r- rookie drafts, rookie drafts starting um, uh, for most rookie drafts. Some have already started, but rookie drafts starting um, tomorrow for, for a lot of teams. Your thoughts as far as dynasty goes on a player that, you know, maybe you, you were kind of down on uh, as far as rookies go but you see the landing spot and you're like, oh, you know, this is probably a guy I got to look at now in my rookie drafts. And then conversely, a player um, that you were really high on, but maybe now not so high on um, now that you see who drafted him. Um, any players stand out in, in either of those categories there for you? I think Najee Harris landed an amazing spot there in Pittsburgh. Um, he's that big type of running back. He's going to um, – you know, just continue to pound the ball, and there's no one there that has performed well. And the other one, you know, Pitts, um, if you look at the history of Atlanta, um, having, you know, Gonzo and Crumpler, and they just always seem to have 
really good tight ends. Um, you know, Hooper even was doing well. No, that was uh, sorry. Um, yeah. Anyway, so um, yeah, yeah. I think that that's good. Um, and then, well, he was doing well there. Um, and then I think that, um, you know, I think that what I thought was weird was Travis Etienne. I I really yeah. liked him, um, but going to <laughs> it just seems like there's another player in front of him, and it feels more like this could be a Chubb Hunt scenario, and that kind of throws me off. Well, you're exactly Robert right is. about the tight end situation at Atlanta. You know, Hayden Hurst this year put up uh, career high numbers uh, for Hayden Hurst, and uh, but it's a whole new world at that position. I, you know, when we talk about those Baltimore receivers whether it be Brown, whether it be Bateman, it still remains the fact that uh, Baltimore, Tennessee Titans, these teams are at the very bottom uh, of the list uh, of a number of passing attempts. And, you know, you take guys that went in the draft later, uh, like Judy, Pittman, Smith, uh, those, are some, those are some players in some, in some high-volume passing attacks. So I, I, like, your, I like your reasoning for, for choosing Brown. I wouldn't have done it, but I really do like your criteria for making that choice. We'll see how that works out. And and we will see how your team works out here, Robert, in the uh, in the Revelations draft. It looks pretty good. I, I think I'm with you. I think I'd feel really good about going to battle with this team as well. you got a lot of playmakers and certainly a great foundation that you built in the first three rounds of this draft as well. Nothing but the best to you in your rookie drafts coming up and, and drafts all summer long. Thank you so much for, for making the HSFFO a part of your evening. And uh, have a great weekend, dude, and enjoy those rookie drafts. All right. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you guys. Good Robert luck, Marshall, the fantasy dum-dums, as it were, although he is quite the opposite of that, a former <laughs> guest of uh, the HSFFO uh, before is Robert Marshall. And uh, always good to talk to him. Um, Farrell, we have roughly ooh, 27 minutes or so, well, probably about 22 minutes left in the show. I want to get into some team analysis Uh, As much as we can, we'll just focus on Revelation since it's still the one that's up on the board here um, on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash High Stakes Fantasy Football. We'll kick things off with John Daniel and Daniel Williamson's overhyped sleeper spot from the one hole, and and we'll just focus on the skill positions here, not not necessarily bringing kickers and defenses into the discussion. Um, But the quarterbacks there are Kyler Murray, Jameis Winston, and Kirk Cousins. The running backs, Christian McCaffrey, Antonio Gibson, Tony Pollard, James Conner, Daryl Henderson, Jamar Jefferson, receivers DeAndre Hopkins, Brandon Ayuk, Tyler Lockett, Rondale Moore, Gabriel Davis, Elijah Moore, Triquan Smith, tight ends being Logan Thomas and Blake Jarwin. Good rookie flavor uh, on this team when you look at it. You you think about um, Rondale Moore, you look at Elijah Moore, Jamar Jefferson obviously on this team as well. So I think, you know, he probably needs to hit on, I think, eh, eh, maybe not a receiver, but you'd like to think he's – Antonio Gibson's got to be um, the guy in order to, to make the running backs come through. Um, and then uh, Logan Thomas basically has to duplicate what he does last year, and then you're looking at a top three team in this league, I think. Oh, I do too. And I, I very much like what he's done with the rookies. He's got nothing going on here in his double-digit rounds but great potential. And, and he didn't – he wasn't playing catch-up. The team was well-constructed, so he wasn't playing catch-up. At, uh, at at every position, he's got uh, he's got every reason to hope that he's going to be amongst the top teams in this uh, in this group. 
Liz Ballard drafting at the second spot tonight. The cautiously dangerous squad drafted Russell Wilson as her quarterback. And then Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Chris Carson, Damian Harris, Naheem Hines, Kenneth Gainwell, J.D. McKissick, and Malcolm Brown at running back. Receivers are Stephon Diggs, Deontay Johnson, D.J. Chark, Will Fuller, Antonio Brown, Cole Beasley, Kadarius Tony at receiver. Tight end is indeed Travis Kelsey, followed by Dawson Knox and Pat Fryermuth. Um, this squad specifically, I think you're fine at tight end and quarterback, obviously. But running back, you're probably going to have to hit on somebody here. Uh, I'm, I'm, I would not be on board with Damian Harris as my number three. Um, and then, you know, I don't know what the Trevor Lawrence bump is going to mean in Jacksonville, but DJ Chark I'd be a little bit nervous about as my number three. Obviously, the oft-injured Will Fuller as my number four. I don't know how I feel about that as well. So you got to stay healthy at receiver, and you got to hit on a running back here. Yes, and she's going to make it up also with her, her double-digit wide receiver picks. I love the pick of Beasley. He's dropping too far as far as I'm concerned. Kadarius Tony in the 15th round will prove to be a steal. Uh, Malcolm Brown, uh, we don't have Gaskin on this team, right? I'm missing the first three rounds here. Uh, yeah, no, Gaskin would, is would, not on this team. I would probably pick Malcolm Brown as only a handcuff to Gaskin. I would have liked to have her continue with some of these excellent rookies. Uh, that she's picked. I suppose uh, the best upside that she's got uh, here is Gainwell. Uh, McKissick uh, is still going to be a great pass catcher, but he's not going to get those 80 passes because he won't have the the 15 targets from uh, 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 quarterback Smith. uh, And this year it's going to be a different look for him there. Still a good player, but not going to get those numbers we did last year. Moving on to team three tonight, that is Bip Lab Mandel's Bipcoin. The quarterbacks are Tom Brady, Deshaun Watson in the 17th, and then Justin Fields. Running backs, Dalvin Cook, Travis Etienne, James Robinson, Alexander Madison, Ramondre Stevenson, Elijah Mitchell. Uh, receivers, Justin Jefferson, DK Metcalf, Robert Woods, Cortland Sutton, Rashad Bateman, Brian Edwards. Tight ends, Irv Smith, Robert Tunyon, and Eric Ebron. Farrell, I... You could not tell that Farrell or uh, Farrell. You could not tell that Biplab lives in Minnesota, right? Not with picks not like Dalvin all. Cook, Justin Jefferson, Irv Smith, uh, the the Minnesota Golden Gophers standout, Rashad Bateman, current Vikings backup running back, Alexander Madison. A lot of Vikings flavor on this team, to be sure. Um, interesting that he locks up both the Minnesota and the Jacksonville uh, running back spots. Uh, at least I, I think he's solid at tight end as well here with Smith. Tunyon and, and Ebron. So I think this is one of those solid, if unspectacular teams, but certainly a very competitive team in this, in this division. No, no. I, I'm going to call this team spectacular, uh, Balky, in all sense of the word. Uh, at the 17th round, he gets a quarterback, and we don't know that quarterback's competitive situation this year, but at that point, uh, why not? Don't uh, don't sleep on Elijah Mitchell. We've had guys talking about Jeffrey Wilson and and God forbid, Wayne Gallman. Elijah Mitchell brings a great comparison and great compliment to a sermon in that uh, in Mostert out there. Uh, how about uh, uh, Cortland Sutton as he returns uh, to Denver? And, and I've got to tell um, everyone as they're looking at these drafts, we're seeing the uh, we're seeing some of the Packer players drop due to this Aaron Rodgers conversation. We're not seeing the Denver players rise as I would expect, and and that's where the conversations are leading. 
And so I think any time you can get a, a standout receiver like Cortland Sutton in the seventh round with what the future may bring him, uh, he's going to do better this year with these two quarterbacks that are there now, or what the future may be bringing him. I, I love Bip Lab's team. I think this is a fantastically spectacular roster. Yeah, you know, and I'm just looking at it, too. I mean, like, obviously Jefferson and Metcalf are, are studs, but Robert Woods and Cortland Sutton is your three and four. That is really good as well. And like I said, um, to lock up the both the Vikings and Jaguars ground game for now, anything can happen. Um, I think yep. I am, as I take a second look at this, I think I am a little bit more bullish on this squad as well. Um, and Biplab, by the way, drafting two teams at once, certainly um, uh, an accomplishment to come up with something as good as he did in Revelation. All right, on to Mike and Todd Aaron, the mad geniuses of football uh, let's look at their squads here. The quarterbacks are Matthew Stafford, Trevor Lawrence, and Baker Mayfield. Running backs, Saquon Barkley, DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, Ronald Jones, Shuba Hubbard, Damian Williams. Wide receivers, T. Higgins, Chase Claypool, Devontae Smith, T.Y. Hilton, Paris Campbell, and Emmanuel Sanders. Tight ends, Kyle Pitts, Noah Fant, and Evan Engram. Farrell, to me, this team is very strong at running back. It is very strong at tight end. And it is definitely good enough at quarterback. But you look at the receivers, and there's a lot of youth on this team. Obviously, getting Hilton and Campbell um, and, and locking up some good Colts production there helps. But when your top three receivers are Higgins, Claypool, and Devontae Smith, probably going to need one, minimum of one, probably two, to win this league. It, that they got a hit, but not a whole lot of weaknesses on, that, on this roster outside of that. Yeah, and they did not have to subject themselves to the weakness at receiver that they have. They went overkill at both the tight end. And Ingram was superfluous. They didn't need him, and they didn't. They certainly didn't need Baker Mayfield. Um, it could be argued which backup quarterback to Stafford that they didn't want to have. There's too much pink on this board, and three right. three quarterbacks on one team is way too much, especially with the depth of wide receivers. If you look at some of the guys that they could have grabbed and some of the guys that are still on the board that went undrafted, especially a rookie that I happen to like from Clemson who is now at Kansas City, you are in the situation here where um, their lineup construction is somewhat questionable. And I think the losing receiver uh, in the mix of all the players that are over at Cincinnati is Higgins. I think he's the one that loses volume of catches and targets. So uh, what an excellent team that uh, needed more yellow. I am looking at the next squad here, and it is Jake Felish and Greg McLean, former winner of Revelations before, by the way, is Jake Felish. Um, let's look at this squad here. Josh Allen is the lone quarterback. The running backs are he, Jonathan Taylor, Najee Harris, Josh Jacobs, Javante Williams, Tariq Cohen, um, and Anthony McFarland. Receivers, Calvin Ridley, Debo Samuel, Michael Pittman, Michael Gallup, Jalen Rager, Henry Ruggs, A.J. Green, K.J. Hamlet. Tight ends, Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett. All right, Farrell, you look at this squad. I have no quarrel with the running backs. A lot of good youth up at the top of the draft. Um, a lot of guys with a, a potential for a lot of volume. We talked about Higby and Everett. Um, oh, Hayden Hurst on this team as well, To Hayden Hurst, now uh, ostensibly the backup in Atlanta if he does not get released or traded. Um, and, and Josh Allen, obviously, is fine at quarterback. The receivers, though, 
Um, again, some youth here. Ridley's going to be a stud. I think Debo Samuel, when he's healthy, he'll be all right. Michael Pittman certainly could be the number one receiver in Indianapolis. But after that, Gallup, Rager, Ruggs, Green, Hamler. I, I just There's a lot of unknowns there on, on the receiver depth on this team. Not saying that this team isn't competitive, but that's the question mark I have with this squad. And I think they've got a crystal ball. These guys have obviously made the right decision with one quarterback. You're going to draft a quarterback like Allen. Yeah. Live with your one quarterback and go get someone off the waiver wire. We can't belabor that enough. You take a situation and if you look at Cohen, Cohen may be what he should be with this team. He'll be listed as a running back, but he may play slot receiver now for the Bears, and that would be very advantageous for fantasy players. Uh, Henry Ruggs is a great pick here. Uh, in the 14th round with upside. If what I am saying might happen with Rodgers, then K.J. Hamler is a steal at 17. And we don't know. We just talked about Hayden Nurse having the best year he ever had. Maybe Atlanta doesn't put that player on the bench. We see something move with Julio Jones and, uh, with the Falcons, and then we have a situation where uh, Hurst is, is on the field along with Pitts, and Pitts looks more like a slot receiver and move tight end, and Hayden Hurst gets targets as well. I think that's a steal at the 18th round and, and shows some uh, social, shows some creative uh, thinking with this team. Uh, A.J. Green's day has gone and passed. I would have loved to have seen a younger player there. I like this team, and, and, and certain certain trends could develop that will, will put this team over the top. They're at the top already. Yeah, you and I both liking this team from Jake Felice and Greg McLean. One team who does not, or one player that does not like this team, Jake Felice in the chat room right now, lamenting his performance in the Revelations draft tonight, saying well, he lost one hundred fifty dollars down the toilet. When, you know, no, that, I mean, when, when a drafter doesn't like his team, you can you can surely bet that that team's going to make a nice run. And that has been my experience as well, my friend. The more I dislike a team, the better it often um, performs. All right, moving on to Todd Hunter in the sixth spot tonight. Uh, He goes with, at quarterback, Aaron Rodgers and Joe Burrow. He gets Alvin Kamara, Kareem Hunt, Chase Edmonds, Devin Singletary, Tevin Coleman, Kerryon Johnson, Darrell Williams, and Jarek McKinnon at running back. A lot of running backs. Terry McLaurin, Mike Evans, Jerry Judy, Jarvis Landry, Devontae Parker, Jamison Crowder at receiver. Tight ends are Darren Waller and Dallas Goddard. You know what's interesting about this team is, is you know, Rodgers and Burrow, great at quarterback. Waller, Goddard at tight end, that's fantastic as well. Um, the, re- the receivers, okay, so McLaurin I like, Evans I like, Jerry Judy, eh, I, I don't know, Landry I like, Devontae Parker, say what you will about him, but 13th round, I can get on board with that. Jameson Crowder may or may not still be cut. We don't know about that. But the volume of running backs here, you know, if, if Kamara performs, which he should, that's going to be a great pick. But then you have Hunt, Edmonds, Singletary, Coleman, Carrion Johnson, Darrell Williams, Jarek McKinnon. I think the one thing that all of them have in common, they all have an opportunity, some slimmer than others, to massively outperform their draft spot. And I think that's what Todd did. You know, you can't be elite everywhere. So he went volume and running back here, Farrell. Yeah, and Todd, I think you need to uh, you needed to quit drafting running backs at the 14th spot. If you were going to draft one, let's draft a younger guy with some upside. I don't <laughs> think he did himself much. Michael these, Carter, uh, right? With these three, yeah, I don't, I don't think he did himself very well with these three remaining running backs. Um, Crowder is is, but maybe he's seeing a, a landing spot for Crowder that uh, no one else sees right now because I think. Uh, I think his days as a Jet are over. But all in all, this is uh, 
this team has a little bit of a last year feel to it. Uh, it, it did not. Um, he, he did not go deep in, into the youthful players that I think could make a difference for him. And I would have liked to have seen that. Moving on to team number seven tonight in the Revelations draft. It is Andrew Schellenberg and David Hofer picking from the seventh spot. Justin Herbert was the lone quarterback. The running backs, Austin Eckler, Trey Sermon, Michael Carter, A.J. Dillon, Gus Edwards, receivers, A.J. Brown, Allen Robinson, D.J. Moore, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell, Nicole Hardman, Denzel Mims, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Russell Gage, tight ends, Adam Troutman, O.J. Howard, and Harrison Bryant. Farrell, I'm, I'm, I, you know, you touched on this a little bit before with, with Josh Allen and, and Belisha's uh, team with Greg McClain. Own the one quarterback, right? If, if you're going to yep. draft a quarterback that high, own it. Just go with that. Um, a lot of running backs uh, on this squad. They're all they, – here's the thing. They took five running backs, um, but they were all in the first ten rounds. So you have a lot of potential for volume there. They get four receivers in the first five rounds, and then they take some upside guys late, Waddle, Hardman, Mims, St. Brown, Gage. I, I think they did a good job there. To me, this team kind of relies upon – how good Adam Troutman's going to be for New Orleans now that he is ostensibly the starter. I know they got Nick Bennett there as well. And then, I, you know, outside of that, you have O.J. Howard kind of caught in the uh, numbers game in Tampa. And then Harrison Bryant late. To, I mean, if they get the production out of Troutman, this team is going to be competitive to the end. It's just all dependent upon if they're going to get that or not. Yeah, they've got to get some Troutman here. They've got to go to the waiver wire. Very, very difficult on the FFPC and find production is tied in because I don't think it's coming from Howard or Brent. There's a player we have not talked about um, at all, at all, Bulky, almost St. Brown, uh, and and I've been looking at some film with him over the last week. He's a very, very physical player. I did not catch that uh, in his senior year um, at USC. I, I like the way this player plays, and I can elevate him uh, to be – in a spread offense at Detroit, a kind of player that you'd be very impressed with. So I really like that pick uh, as their double-digit receiver. In a group of receivers that I'm all for, Waddle, uh, Mims with what uh, with what he's got behind him, it can now go forward with the new quarterback. And Hardman may not have caught anything in the Super Bowl, but he's still there. Again, a rookie receiver drafted to this team could uh, should have been drafted somewhere in this draft. I just can't find it. Um, I want to move on here, and, and we, we don't have to spend a ton of time with Robert Marshall's team here because we did talk to him um, quite significantly yes. about 20, 25 minutes ago on the show. Well, maybe we can be honest with, with the listeners and tell, us, tell them how much we think this team sucks now that he's not on the air with us. But let's move no, on and go forward with his terrible. squad. Ryan, Ryan Tannehill, Carson Wentz, Tua Tungavailoa at quarterback, Ezekiel Elliott, Aaron Jones, David Montgomery, Kenyon Drake, Philip Lindsay, Salvin Ahmed uh, at running back, Kenny Galladay, Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquise Brown, Brandon Cooks, Corey Davis, and Alan Lazard at receiver. TJ Hawkinson, Mike Jasicki, Mo Cox at tight end. Quite frankly, Farrell, I don't have a, a, a whole lot of um, nitpicking to do uh, on this team. I guess they're maybe not top-heavy at receiver, but I'm not seeing a real big weakness on this squad. They're actually the kicker too early, and that might not be the kicker that you want to take. He's got great name recognition. Uh, they drafted a defense very early. But you know what? It's a very good team. Um, and anyone that can take a quarterback in the 17th round, which is I think is the quarterback he's going to use the most, uh, I'm impressed with that. 
I, I've been drafting wins, and I haven't waited to the 17th round. I'm going to try it. I doubt if I'll be successful. <laughs> the uh, the official mascot of the HSFFOR and the unofficial mascot of the Revelations draft is indeed Ron Meyer, two-packer picking from the ah. nine hole tonight. He gets his boy out of Florida State at the 109 in Cam Akers. Before he gets that, Matt Ryan is his lone quarterback. To go with Cam Akers, Raheem Mostert, David Johnson, Keyshawn Vaughn, Darrington Evans, Joshua Kelly, and Mark Ingram. Receivers, Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, Chris Godwin, Odell Beckham, Cooper Cup, Mike Williams, Christian Kirk, and Tylen Wallace. Tight ends are Hunter Henry and Jared Cook. So I know, you know, I was trying to follow a text chain with him and some other people during the draft tonight. He was busy buying uh, digital horses, um, NFTs with Ethereum during the draft tonight. He had a lot of stuff going on. Um, but and, and so, Farrell, I think the thing that we look at is a little bit of overkill with receivers with five of them in the first six rounds, and I think his running backs kind of suffered because of it. Um, Henry and Cook, eh, we'll see. Um, with that, I mean, you, you kind of got to know which one to start on a week-to-week basis between those mm-hmm. two. Um, I, I don't know if, you know, if you're going to wait till to draft a quarterback until round 12, I probably would have backed him up with, with somebody else, but I can see the argument for not doing it. But the receiver game, obviously very strong with Tupacker in this particular league. You know, yeah, and I, I look at this, and I think that Tupacker is stuck in Kentucky where you must start three wide receivers, and I love that. Yeah. You know, I love the fact that, that he's here with us. And, you know, his tight ends, one's a former charger and one's a current charger. You know, you got you got to be impressed with that. Uh, Mostert and Johnson, one of them is still going to put up numbers, and Mostert really is not respected like I respect him around the league. I think Tupac's got a team here, um, and old Josh Kelly in there. Uh, uh, Josh, I haven't seen it yet, but I think Josh has still got a, a player uh, in him. He's he's going to make an NFL player, and he might get some opportunity to do that, especially around the goal line this year. Moving on to Todd Burrows, we talked to him about his squad. We don't have to dwell on this one a whole lot. Dak Prescott at the quarterback position. Derrick Henry, Miles Sanders, Jeffrey Wilson, Rashad Penny, Latavius Murray, Wayne Gallman, and Ty Johnson at running back. Devontae Adams, Amari Cooper, Adam Thielen, Robbie Anderson, Terrace Marshall, Byron Pringle, Tyrell Williams at receiver, Janu Smith, Cole Komet, and Anthony Ferkser at tight end. Yeah, Farrell, you probably didn't see this, but in the chat tonight, Todd was talking about the the strategy for for drafting a a league like this here in early May. And it's just like, you know, you want to shoot for these home runs later on. The the singles and the doubles Mm -hmm. don't necessarily do you any good. And I think that's what he did with guys like Ferkser and Terrace Marshall and Byron Pringle and, you know, Wayne Gallman even uh, later on in in this draft. So I I think that um, the the swing, there, there were plenty of swings and misses here. Could have been some swings and hits, though, too, for Todd. I would have liked to have talked to Todd about Adam Thielen because this is a player that I can't figure out. Does he come with the same uh, uh, reception total as he did last year? And it's hard to predict those TDs, especially the big number he had. But I, you know, I respect this player and and I would like to have him rostered. I wonder if the fifth round is the right place for him. But uh, yeah, if he touches on the production he had last year, that's a that's a real uh, uh, that's a real steal there. Jake Belish uh, chiming in in the chat. Two-packer drafting like it's 2018. Also, the I believe it was the Fantasy Fool posting in. Um, Two-packer is the revelations as Mitch is to the frat and old school. 
straight godfather. I definitely agree with that. No question here with Tupacker <laughs> in, in regards to Revelations. Okay, Shane Hallam with the Hallam Hammers. Um, Jalen Hurts is his lone quarterback from the 11 spot. Nick Chubb, Mike Davis, Miles Gaskin, Zach Moss, Jamal Williams, JV, and Hawkins at running back. Receivers are Keenan Allen, C.D. Lamb, LaVisca Chenault, Curtis Samuel, Darnell Mooney, Josh Reynolds, Brashad Perriman, Nico Collins. Uh, tight end is George Kittle, Austin Hooper, and Donald Parham. Farrell, I, I'll tell you, there's a lot of players on here that I don't necessarily think I would have drafted, not necessarily saying that they're bad picks. Um, we already mm-hmm. talked about Mike Davis and, and Miles Gaskin um, you know, tonight uh, to, to, uh, uh, to some extent. But getting into the rest of this squad here, I think this is a competitive team, but it's, it, 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 he's going to have to hit on guys like CeeDee Lamb in the fourth, LaVisca Chenault in the seventh, Zach Moss in, in the eighth, uh, or um, uh, the ninth, beg your pardon. Um, these are all players that I, I would be okay taking. I just feel like I would not have taken them as early as, as Shane would have. Yeah, I, I very much like what he did with Chenault here because I think that's a, that's a fine ball player. Curtis Samuel, I think, is going to have a significant season. He's buying into the Mooney hype, uh, and and I've got to get caught up with that. Josh Reynolds in the uh, uh, 13th round. I suppose, again, uh, limited by the, the amount of balls that are going to be in the air uh, in Tennessee. Uh, Perriman, uh, you know, a lot of people still believe in Perriman. Uh, my my host on the KFFSC hour, uh, Robbie Fetcher, is one of them. I don't get it, but if they go to a spread offense there, uh, that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, you know, I like these players. I don't. I'm like you, Balky. I don't know if I would have put them together this way. It amazes me. One of the things is that uh, you Davis is in the fifth and Gaskin is in the sixth. Uh, the uh, looks like it would flip around uh, the other way, but they were close. Yeah, very close, and for sure. And I'll tell you, one team or one player that's a huge fan of the Hallam Hammers is the Dizzle Dave Gerzak who loves the Mooney pick here in the 11th round. He chimed in on Mooney earlier, facing no competition um, from the Bears in, as far as the draft goes, and he thinks Andy Dalton, Justin Fields, more than competent enough to get Darnell Mooney to football this year for Chicago. And uh, he said, don't forget about George Kittle. You know, he's you know, going to be a difference maker here, the number two tight end off the board uh, for the Hallam Hammers tonight to get him at the 202. So maybe more of a competitive team than I'm giving it credit for. But listen, I don't want to sell Shane Hallam short because he has certainly um, done this a lot longer than me and had a a lot of success at it. All right, final team we will get into tonight. It's Eric Sisson's Pink Stripes teams teams, uh, at the 12 spot tonight. The quarterbacks are Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. The running backs, Joe Mixon, Leonard Fournette, Melvin Gordon, Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, Marlon Mack, James White, Sony Michelle. The receivers, Tyree Kill, Tyler Boyd, Nelson Aguilar, Marvin Jones, and then tight ends, Mark Andrews, Zach Ertz, Rob Gronkowski, and Christopher Herndon. Farrell, this is a probably, uh, of all the teams we've looked at tonight, this is probably the, the most unique one, I guess I can say that, as far mm-hmm. as construction goes. You don't necessarily see two te- or a, a, a team going with two quarterbacks in the top six rounds. You had him drafting four tight ends in the top 12. He didn't draft his third wide receiver until he had already drafted four tight ends and two quarterbacks. Not a big fan of the running back depth. Leonard Fournette and Melvin Gordon is your two and three. Todd Gurley is your four. I don't like it all. It's just, uh, it, it's, it's not my favorite. It's not, it's not a team I go to bat with, but Eric Sisson has proved me wrong before. 
Well, and, and you know, I um, I like his 14th round pick. I think he got good value in Jones. Uh, Aguilar has been going later, but you could make an argument that he's going to have a successful season. Yeah, we got a lot of tight ends here. I think he might end up uh, with Andrews and Ertz playing every week, and if he can figure out where to play Gronk, uh, and when to play Gronk, uh, then he's in good shape. He could have done worse than Tyler Boyd, but he needed more yellow on the board. Uh, he can go to the waiver wire and get rid of some of these older running backs uh, and, and pick up some of these receivers because there's a lot of receivers that went undrafted here uh, that are going to make their mark during the season. And while for, uh, over a 17-week schedule, those receivers' uh, numbers might um, not carry the weight for a full season, but I think you're looking at guys amongst this younger group that by week six, seven, and eight will be really getting some strong opportunities and can really take your team uh, uh, to a different height uh, once they get uh, once they get more touches and, and more targets in the lineup. So uh, there's some work to be done with this team, but it looked like one thing this drafter was doing, he was having some fun with it. And, uh, you know, he drafted <laughs> some players that may or may not be playing this year, um, you know, and, and it, uh, it it's the tight end situation. He's playing keep away at tight end and quarterback, and for that I'll give him an A-plus in success. Uh, for what it's worth, Fantasy Fool posting in the uh, chat room tonight that um, Eric Sisson was having some connectivity issues, did not want to draft the, the two quarterbacks early, so – um, perhaps uh, that affected the rest of his draft. We shall see. If I know Eric Sisson, he is going to be a beast on the waiver wire and turn this into a contender. Very, very stiff competition in Revelations this year, maybe more so than we've seen in recent years. So it is always a pleasure to cover their draft as well as Genesis draft. And always a pleasure to get Farrell Elliott, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, his input on it. Farrell, cannot thank you enough for hopping on an hour early and doing two full hours tonight. Can't wait to do it. We're going to do it again next Thursday, um, not live uh, pick-by-pick uh, draft coverage, but we'll do uh, another HSFF hour on Thursday night, man. Looking forward to it, Bobby. Farrell Elliott, you follow him on Twitter at Elliott. You check out the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at kffsc.com. I want to thank him. I want to thank all of our callers tonight, Brent Studebaker, Andy Lund, Darren Armani, Todd Burrows, and of course, Robert Marshall for hanging out with us and talking a little fantasy football as we did this live draft coverage for two full hours tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, we will. I also want to thank the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and of course, each and every one of you. We will return not next Friday. We'll be on the air next Thursday at 10, 9 central. It is going to be 2020 Genesis champ and 2021 Genesis competitor. Brad Kazima will be our guest here on the HSFF Hour next week. Can't wait to talk to him about how he thinks his, his draft went tonight. Uh, register for the Best Ball Leagues today at the FFPC. And don't forget to get in on the Dynasty Startups right now, myffpc.com, as well as that 2021 Football Guys Early Bird, myffpc.com. Get a free $35 credit for every Football Guys team you sign up for prior to June 30th and draft before July 15th. We'll do that up to three times for you. Save $100 in the FMPC main event today. We'll get these draft uh, uh, boards posted on the on social media and everything. Good luck in your rookie draft. Happy Mother's Day. Your weekend starts now.
This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and heard around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. I forgot to mention, ladies and gentlemen, check out the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship checkered flag competition right now at KFFSC.com. And remember, you can save $100 off your first FFPC main event team right now and $400 off each additional team. I know it's rookie draft weekend for all of you playing in the FFPC Dynasty Leagues. Good luck on that. Have fun with it. Enjoy your drafts. Enjoy all the trades and the trade offers. Uh, It's always a fun weekend on rookie draft weekend. Uh, to kick things off with that. Thanks so much for listening. Happy Mother's Day to my mom and my wife. Allison Chains is warming up right now. I got to go. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you next Thursday at 10, 9 central.